M.O. is that they're good. Once it escalated into a murder one beef for all of them after they killed the first two guards, they didn't hesitate. Pop guard number three, because what difference does it make? Why leave a living witness? Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. Who? Who? What are you, a f***ing owl? <laughs> this is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack episode 382, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. And I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian Grandpa Mullet Dunaway. Hey, that that's a little too close to home. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> what do you say I, I buy you guys a cup of coffee? Perhaps talk about our careers and poor life choices. Mm. What's that, Randy? Additionally, you want a slice of pie, and instead of black coffee, you want a cappuccino? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Now drink your cold, nasty drip coffee swill and shut up. Huh, Scott? Yeah. I got a guy once told you, don't let yourself get attached to anything uh, you are not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat. If you feel the heat around the corner, well, I believe they call that pod fading, Scott. And I was the guy. <laughs> <laughs> what, Ibit? Something about a woman's ass. All right. I think we're done here. Who's got the check? No, I don't have Facebook Messenger. Split bill pay. It's 1995, you goon. All I got is this here beeper that ruins marriages. Gosh. I love the, I love the beeper. It's a nice throwback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ruining Reminded. marriages since 1989. 89. There you, you go. Captain Marvel on that thing? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was going to say. You don't get a nice color uh, logo of her shirt right. or of her chest, right. though. Uh, also with us, Randy, just one more job, and then you retire, Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. Yeah, uh, I uh, I didn't write a greeting. <laughs> I, I, I didn't rehearse this, mm. you know, like in advance. You yeah. know why? Mm. Because that's what I need to pull this off. Oh. I keep this greeting in my gut. Mm. It keeps me sharp. Mm. keeps me focused. Mm. So you can just sit there. Sit down you're gonna sit right there on your great ass you've got a great ass hold on hold on shh, shh, hold on what's that okay i guys i feel the heat coming around the corner i'm out right <laughs> the heat is called twitter and you're in trouble that's right uh with us finally and but never leastly brian i think we might be all out of bullets ibit I think we're going to get the uh, the trifecta of three of people mentioning Please. great ass. Great <laughs> ass. Great ass. Listen, I want to thank you for meeting me for coffee. You know, once we leave here, I go back to being a cop and you go back to being a criminal. And if I have to put you down, I'm going to put you down. Oh, hey, the waitress is coming. Make sure you check her out. She's got a great ass. <laughs> Honey, bring us two coffees, freshly ground, Colombian. By the way, I know a guy who works here. His name is Larry. He's a dwarf. While you're back there getting our coffees, say hello to my little friend. Yeah. What's what's that you're saying? Your coffee grinder is out of order? 
you're out of order. No, you're out of order. This whole courtroom is out of order. If I was half the man I was, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. <laughs> What's that? You've got really good instant coffee with flavor crystals. You see me, Kali, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. All right. Two cups of instant. Ah, damn it. She left before I could ask for cream. Well, you got nipples, Macaulay. Can I milk you? <laughs> well, this is a cavalcade. Can I, can I just of, say of impressions? Wow. I, I loved it. Can yeah. I just say I would love to extract what you just said and put it out of context yeah. and claim it's a Jeff Bridges impersonation because it sounded <laughs> a lot like Jeff Bridges for some reason. Yeah, that was really good. That was great. Uh, Brian has always done. Lozenge. Always had a pretty good, a uh, pretty good Al Pacino. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. impression but to hear it all like hear a medley is what you really gave us there. it was a medley it was uh, al pacino's greatest hits yeah. I, I was just trying to work in a way of uh you know she's got uh she's wearing uh pink underwear and she's wearing some saint francis uh eau de toilette water come over here a little closer baby i can smell your comment that's uh, <laughs> you, you know what sometimes less is more yeah sometimes sometimes, <laughs> sometimes more is less less is more well that's fantastic that one in I believe uh, we have the the makings for a discussion about my one of my top three movies of the 1990s, Heat. Heat. I love Heat. Heat. I don't. I don't usually have anything bad to say about Heat. Although there are a couple things that I didn't ever notice in my previous viewings of this three-hour film. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I want to start with: uh, d- Did we? Are we sure that Netflix is showing us the original cinematic version? Because uh, Michael Mann updated it three years ago. Oh, I I'm not. Idea. I'm not entirely certain. I think it was. I've seen the movie many times, yeah. and I, I didn't catch anything that really stood out as, oh, that's new or different. Yeah, but I'm not certain. I can tell you this. I mean, I've seen it's like I said, it's one of my top three movies in the '90s, and I've seen it many, many times, but I don't remember Tone Loke being in it. So maybe hey, oh, I yeah, do, right? oh, I do. Yes, I don't. he was. I don't. Oh, yes, all. he was. Okay, well then, By that's the way, not the director's the worst cut. Tone Loke's performance. I mean, there's <laughs> oh, not a lot okay. to go from. I was going to say, like, compared to nail that one, the, the video mean, for Funky Cold Medina or what? <laughs> no, no, his Ace Ventura was pretty good. Oh, right. Oh, I forgot he was in there. Yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah. to. He had this a moment. He had a minute there, didn't he? Where he was like, he, oh, he did. Yeah. A couple, he played a couple of cop parts too uh, i'm trying to remember where i've seen him at a couple of different things but yeah mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't it feel funny to say that tone look has a sag card yeah, yes no kidding it's just a sag card this guy this guy's getting residuals on some big films oh, oh yeah, true. yeah. 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 he's getting some heat money he got heat money he got uh and his songs still get i hear them in, mo- in movies and trailers yeah. like sure. funky cold medina you- will show up in like some you know teen romp movie and you're it's like, odd. Well, Funky Cold Medina was uh, really back in the day was the second, uh, you know, second flavor, right? Wild Thing was the big thing back right. when we were growing right. up. And Funky Cold Medina was fun. I didn't think it would have any lasting power, but yet it's, it's still it's floats around. And it was a more memorable yeah. title because it took me a second to remember Wild Thing. By the way, a little fun fact when you go see Tone Look in concert, and this is one hundred percent true. One hundred percent true. Yeah. First off, uh, is it also true uh, that you? Is it still true? I can go see him in concert, though. Like, yes. That... Well, I don't know about it's still true, but okay, at least right. at the time you can see him in concert. Uh, and this was maybe five to ten years ago. He opened the show with Funky Cold Medina, and he closed the show with Funky <laughs> Cold Medina. <laughs> and in case you didn't hear it, here it of is again. Did. That's great. Yeah, I'm that so is glad. great. You but know, you what? know, that's what that's actually what I would want, though. 
Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I, uh, you mean from a from a Tone Loke concert, you want that certainly, sandwich. Yeah. I got it. certainly yeah. don't want, hey, here's something from my new album. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, when you go see the Gypsy Kings, they're going to yeah, make yeah. you wait until the very end of the encore to play Oye Como Va, mm. and you're going to be nice. spending the whole time. It's a great show, mm. but you're going to spend the whole time going, have they forgotten their song? I'm like, trying to think under what they? circumstances would I end up tickets to that concert. I think, I I think I'd leave right after Bumbleero. Yeah. Bumbleero. <laughs> Bumbleero. Maybe should just open and close with that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> maybe. Tone Loke may have it right. Yeah. Well, Tone Loke is in heat, turns out, everybody. Uh, Heat's the movie. Scott Fletcher has more information about this 1990s action classic. Heat. A group of professional bank robbers start to feel the heat from police when they unknowingly leave a clue at their latest heist, while both sides attempt to find balance between their personal and professional lives. Next on Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well done, so, Scott Fletcher. Well done. So uh, we got to start with the all-star cast deep list of wow. stars yeah. so yeah. many stars yeah they well even stars the, as big stars then as they are now yes like, yes exactly. this is one of those deals where they you you had the biggest stars of the day no question like these right. two they'd still be huge if you got those two on screen together but yeah. it's but everybody else is like uh president palmer for example uh the all state guy <laughs> yeah right uh yeah. having him in there is a small role good hands yeah you're, you're not you're all gonna die <laughs> you're in bad hands <laughs> Um, but like a lot of faces you just straight up recognize, like Wes Studi and um, uh, freaking uh, uh, for some reason uh, I always forget his name. The singer, the the guy, oh, uh, Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins in there. Oh, Henry Rollins. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah, it's just a weird, eclectic, huge roster. And yeah, it's amazing. William William Fitchner. I mean, all these guys. Natalie Portman. That blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like. I forgot she's she was so in. young in here. Completely oh, and, forgot that and you she can just honest. you yeah. can just go way down the list. Hank Azaria so, is in this mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's such what, a dick, what, just like real life. <laughs> Jeremy Jeremy Piven has a bit role that you <laughs> right. could tell he just loved. He loved that role oh, so much. Can you imagine he gets to act across from De Niro? Like he's, and, yeah, and, yeah. he's and mentioned that at every entourage rap party he can. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Also, Amy, Amy Brenneman. Yeah, was Amy, great. Amy Brenneman's I love great. Her so much. She there's this, some trivia about her. She didn't want to do this thing. She read the script and she said, "I don't. I'm not into like like this goes against what I think. I don't like right. projects where stuff's getting blown up and people are getting shot and it's just too mean." And they said, "No, no, no. That's why you're perfect for this because you're supposed yeah. to be that thing that is the antithesis of De Niro's character and where he's headed." And and you just kind of get caught in the mess, and then she agreed to do it, and I'm really glad she did. I like her a lot. I like her in all kinds of stuff, but I really liked her in this. It was a nice little I hope, little role. I hope that a, a part of that is what ended up in in the final film, which is uh, she she. So this movie's long, right? Yep, three hours. This movie is, and and they, and it needs every bit of it because the it tells a very complicated story about a lot of different people, and it if you're seriously if you're gonna play. Uh, Clash Royale while you're watching this movie for the first time you are not going to get this movie yeah. it is you have to pay attention it is it's very complicated so anyway but Amy Brenneman plays this bit character like she's really not important to the story and if you took her out completely if you edited out every bit of De Niro finding her and having her and so on it would not change a thing mm-hmm. I disagree okay mm-hmm. but hold on let me make my point I'll let you I'll let so, you finish so there's the point um 
it makes the movie so much better that she is there, that, that, that character is there because she does a fantastic job of acting mm-hmm. and she's not given much to do mm. like sit in a car and mm-hmm. look concerned and she does and she really looks concerned and it really you really like bond with this character super fast mm-hmm. and and so then when you have a, a moment like De Niro coming out of the hotel in the midst of mayhem and looking at her and putting on display this philosophy that he's been spouting the entire freaking movie and walking away and you see the look on her face and she's opening the door and she's getting out like what's going on it mm-hmm. is so moving yeah. and like the, the the thought that she almost didn't do it that, that you know that the thought that maybe the character almost didn't even need to be in the movie is crazy once you see how good the result is. Yeah, she's great. And I'm yeah. going to say this is I, true of Ashley Judd and all ancillary characters. I forgot to mention her name, by the way. Ashley Judd's yeah, in this. Right. Like all these ancillary characters that just add a little texture, just a little extra bonus. The 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 Bubba Gump shrimp guy uh, in there, the, the one of the cops. <laughs> <laughs> like William Pfeiffer. Yeah, I love that dude. He was great and justified. He's an amazing actor. Uh, mm-hmm. But but he adds just a little bit. Wes Studi adds a little bit. Everybody's got this little little piece of a pie where the huge pieces of that pie are definitely De Niro and Pacino. Because oh, yeah. of course they are. But but yeah. it, but they are just enough but, to like to right. round it out, and it feels so. Ah, I don't know what it is. You know what it is? Every- it's Michael Mann is what it is. That guy makes mm-hmm. stuff that I. Yeah get so into i'm even and i know i'm in the minority here but i liked his miami vice movie thing. i did too i love that movie i think it's great um mm. now people who loved miami vice the tv show which he also created and made uh don't often like it because it's there are some big tonal differences and all of that i say poo poo on them it's great you should watch it <laughs> it's fun it's awesome all I, that. and it's it, uh, miami vice is almost like a love letter to heat uh, you know it comes later and it's everything that heat is turned up. So it's like the moodiness is it's even moodier. The long, slow shots of pretty things with long lenses. So you get these skinny people's faces and blurry stuff in the background. Even more of that. Like mm-hmm. that you should if you liked heat, watch Miami Vice with that eye and you'll you'll like that too. Yeah. I've never seen it. I'll throw it on my list. Oh, you totally should, Brian. I think you'd like it. Yeah. Especially with as yeah. much time and the hype moved moved away from it and all that. I think I think you'd probably I like it because it's it's all this stuff that Michael Mann does. This tone, his use of music. It's always just the right music, if a little but, a little but retro. He, but you know, but he is he is kind of experimental with music, and Miami Vice is not. Miami Vice goes full bore on soundtrack, and that helps a ton yeah. it, to set the mood and the tone. Oh, I agree. Uh, you mean the movie? Yeah. I, I actually, yeah. I, would, I would compare this. I would compare Heat soundtrack more, uh, more closely with the uh, with the Miami Vice TV. Yeah, like Jan Hammer stuff because it's very yes. like like that the bank heist music, which is a John or a Brian Eno thing. Yes. Uh, I forgot the name of the track. I have it here somewhere. Uh, he's that is some of my favorite, most intense, rad, cool music in the history of ever. Like I freaking over love the it. over the years, I've constructed a Heat soundtrack because no one has ever put out a, a proper one that's complete. That's true. And and I've <laughs> I've had to find little things like I have one track that I just pulled from the movie and it's got gunshots in it. I don't even care. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's this movie. This movie uh, starts with silence and, and fades up for you. It's this real like slow feeling. Uh, Check this out. So imagine yeah. guys running around with masks and and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, guns, and this is what's going. 
so cool. That song's called Force That's Marker cool. from Brian Eno. Yep. It's really good. So anyway, yep. and then it and then it ends with Moby. And uh, I, I I mean I, I have so much to say about this movie. I'm so sorry to the people who write me and tell me to shut up on film sack because it's like <laughs> this is you've you've found the episode where it's my movie yeah. and I have a lot to say. I just want to say about that 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 ending. Um, it's it it's not it, the movie the, the the song the the Moby song at the end is not for this film. It's like. It, it, it's 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 a kind of a uplifting like celebratory song, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the film ends in a contemplative moment where you finally find out whether or not the good guy or the bad guy wins, and the good guy was never really that good a good guy, and the bad guy kind of had some redeeming qualities that you kind of want to yeah. see continue. And, and if and, anything, I felt the, better. I felt better for the for the bad guy losing. I felt better for De Niro in this case because. We all forget what De Niro, or uh, sorry, Pacino has to turn right around and go to his his mm-hmm. wrist cut daughter mm-hmm. and deal with a twelve year old who's cut her wrist, right. and he's got to deal with a wife who's cheating on her with the biggest doobie ever. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, right. but but movie, you're supposed to spend the movie wondering who's going to win. Yeah, or or maybe if they both lose, what if they shoot each other at the same time, right? Yeah, I mean and, that's an amazing shot, by the way, when he finally yeah. pops him. Oh my gosh, it's so and, good. And, mm-hmm. and and by the way, if you really haven't seen Heat. I, I command you to stop right now. It's going to take you a while. Go watch the movie. The, don't continue listening to this episode if you haven't seen Heat yet. Like, it's it's one of those things, like, you haven't seen the Shawshank Redemption or you haven't seen, I don't know, Hero Dreams of Sushi or something. Go watch that movie. Like, there's yeah. no reason for you to this not is, watch it. This is a very good example of, like, you know, the people who don't watch the film sack movie but listen to the show. Um a lot of times we can say, yeah, you're you're fine. You're better off not watching Queen of the Damned <laughs> or <laughs> whatever. Uh, but this is a good one to say, yeah. This this is a. It feels like an important film. You know, it feels it's such a stylish film, very much for the '90s, very '90s style. Like uh, Pacino and De Niro, I think, are the only two people not wearing shoulder pads in this film. Mm-hmm. But um, but just the 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 long slow shots that would probably get edited out of a 2018 film to mm-hmm. keep it under a certain running time yeah, but are right. left in like seeing cars just go down the street slowly and this and you know there's this look scene and this scene probably could have been taken out i feel like every every piece of of what's left in this film is so important and uh um, and belongs in the film be. yeah I right agree. Think, things could be taken out it for mm-hmm. brevity but I don't think they should. This was my yeah. first viewing of the film. Mm. And even though I was I, I was going in going, ah, oh, three hour movie. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Such a such a, a commitment. Uh, but I did. I did really enjoy this movie. Like I said, it was my first time. And just to roll back to what Randy was saying earlier about taking characters out. I think I don't think that would be possible in this movie because this is like a big actor abacus and you can't fill the equation out without having every little bit there because you don't care about De Niro's character winning or losing without his love interest because otherwise you take that away and he's just a shit yeah and so Mm -hmm. you don't you don't care about that stuff so I, I I think there's just so many pieces to this thing removing any bit of it would just make the whole thing just right like so even like, so we haven't even mentioned val kilmer's character we haven't talked about john voight yet or tom sizemore <laughs> i i actually i want to i want i almost feel like doing a whole show of like moment of silence for tom sizemore because this is the right. heyday of tom sizemore he is in everything yeah. around this point and he is killing it 
and he is uh, marketable in a way that is like he is seriously at the top of his game. He's so good. I am I am periodically depressed about Tom Sizemore's life decisions because he <laughs> could have been the one of the great actors ever. Like right. he could have been they could have had he stayed on track. This is a guy you would have hired to be Tony Soprano. This is a guy you would have hired to be a million right. other things. He could have been in so many Scorsese movies right now, we'd be tired of it. Like, why he's not is because he was so drugged out and whacked out and still a, a complete moron that he blew all that. But up to a point, at this point in his career, so magnetic, dude. I could watch that guy make soup. He is amazing. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I dare you to go to IMDb. And starting in 2016, find an actor with more credits than Tom Sizemore. Oh, he's got a ton, but look what they are. It's all, it's like, uh, it's what, just, that's what Nick Cage does now. It's all shit. Yes, I'm just saying, yeah. uh, it's more, it's way more than Nick Cage. Like, it's like Tom Sizemore right now will act in anything you offer him oh, if, no if it is creditable. Yeah, look like, at it. Look at all the ones that are just, look at it. The ones that are just saying uh, post production, post production, and completed. Tom, it's they gross. fill a page. Like my Seriously. browser window is is uh, top to bottom. Twenty eighteen post production. Every Sizemore. day, every day of the week, Tom Sizemore uh, goes to work in Hollywood. Gets in a car. Goes to work in Santa Monica. Gets in a car. Ends up in Long Beach on another thing. Like every day of his life, yeah. this is a, the hardest working guy. And it's like that's so sad yeah. because he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be a superstar. Yeah, look, because look at what he's known for. Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down, Heat, like major films. Red Planet. Yeah, huge. <laughs> <laughs> I was <just> over that. <laughs> yeah, you notice I skipped Red Planet? I don't know if you noticed that. I, I did. I find it interesting, uh, interesting those movies because there's others that I would say, I, you, you know, like he's more known for. Mm. You know what I mean? I guess yeah. Saving Private Ryan, yes, but oh yeah, like he's, held, so... he's in Natural Born Killers. He's in True Romance. Yeah, like no, he's great. He's he's now been in. Let's see. Uh, sorry, mo, uh, filmsackstats.com. Stats. Okay, let's just see where we're at with him because I know that he's probably moved up the charts this week. Oh, we we have Brothers Grimm up here. Crap. Um, that's okay. Size more. Taunt. No, what's what's a movie he's been in that I could search for that we've seen? Um, Red Planet. Oh, <laughs> we did Red Planet, didn't we? Uh, we, we, I, I tried we to. Did see the, wait, did we, didn't we see Red the Planet? old I one? We watched I don't Planet. think we watched Red Planet. No, we've seen the old '59 Red Planet. I don't have that scar, so have, I, I can't say that we did it. We have seen Red Planet Mars 1952 and the Angry Red yeah, Planet yeah, yeah. 1959. We have not seen right. Red I've Planet. Not seen the Valkyrie Red Planet. No, okay. No. What was the What was the other Mars movie that was? Uh, uh, had uh, Lieutenant Dan? Didn't it have uh, Gary Sinise in it? Um, uh, did we watch that? Dan, ice cream is melting on Mars. I could have we saw a different. We saw yeah. a size more in Dreamcatcher. Look up Dreamcatcher. Okay, Dream oh, was he in the Dreamcatcher, two thousand and three? Yep. Oh Here. yeah, he was. He was the he was the uh, the good guy basically in the. Uh, so this will put military. him at six. He was in Lockup, Point Break, Passenger 57, The Relic. He oh. was the main guy in Relic. Point and, Break? And he wasn't in it. We didn't, see, we didn't see him. He might have gotten a credit. No, he for, was in it. I remember talking about him. He's totally in it. All right. yeah. He was the, he was the undercover cop that was all pissed at Keanu Reeves. For, oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. He, he, he messed up his bus. I didn't work in this place. Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. So he's uh, he's got stuff, man. And I, you know, I don't know if I've seen him in a performance I didn't like. 
But then I just think about where he's at and what he's been through, and it just makes me freaking sad. I just hate it. By the anyway, way, Mission yeah. to Mars. Mission to Mars was the movie I was trying to remember with Gary Sinise that came out around the same time as Red Planet. Uh, uh, and uh, both came out in 2000, and we watched the other one. Did we? <laughs> yeah. We, I, I, yeah. I think Tom Sizemore is to action thrillers as Adam Sandler is to comedies. Mm. You're like, you look back and you're like, what happened to you? Well, you yeah, were, except, you were so successful. But in this case, it's not self-sabotage in the way that like like in in adam sandler's case he's kind of one note and doesn't have a lot of new stuff to say once in a while some gem will come out but usually it's kind of like whatever it, but he's you know he's fine he's living his life he's doing his thing he's not some total wreck of a human being besides more of a freaking fuse that's burning constantly at the end of a bomb that's running away from it. it's bad like that he, guy's jacked up and it makes me sad is his, all i'm saying he got his life together right eh, i think he's pretty cleaned up now well there was some like six, less than six months ago, uh, felt up some girl on a set or something. Seriously? Yeah, some weird deal like that. I can't remember the story. We, t- we did it on TMS, but he totally misunderstood me too. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Anyone, anyone want to grab my this girl's butt? Oh, me too. So, <laughs> wow. I do not. I am going through his IMDb and I'm looking. I, he was in Twin Peaks, the the new one, and I he is this unrecognizable. Oh yeah, it looks totally different to now. Me. Yeah, it looks totally different now. It's well, that's As what well. cocaine, lots of cocaine will do to you. It'll just puff you out, make you look. Oh, all speaking weird. of cocaine, wasn't that like some of the trivia stuff that uh, that that's how uh, uh, Pacino envisioned his character is is a cocaine addled. Pacino, yeah. Pacino flat out said that, right. that Michael Michael Mann goes around and gives you secrets about your character and you keep them to yourself, right. and then you use them as you method through the movie. And Pacino said he was told that his character was uh you know off off camera snorting coke all well, the, the entire that's, movie. that's because that's because an early version of the script had him using on screen they right. didn't mm-hmm. use it though so he's but he still did it he'd still walk around going great ass or whatever there's, right there's there's one scene in, in particular that felt weird in the movie but it felt like it, it it was a missing piece that it was explained and that's when he's he's in the he's in the helicopter flying and trying this is right before the uh, coffee meeting coffee he had. Coffee. So the, right. yeah, so they, they flew him around and they flew him out. And notice they sped up the film. And I'm like, why are they speeding up the film? So I was so once I read the cocaine thing, I was like, okay, so he was jacked up at that point. That's mm. the reason why everything is wild eyed and I'm, flying. Him I am kind of glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't overtly go there. And it's just sort of left right. to your wondering because it's almost Perfect. too much. It's like, all right. You know, marriage Plus problems. Be a ding against his character. Yeah, well, it would have been yeah. more of too many dings. Like he's already dinged, right. so don't give him. You don't need additional dings. Same thing with De Niro. I don't. I like that De Niro was like straight ahead, almost businesslike about his his yeah. enterprise. And if you'd have made him too vulnerable, it would right. have ruined him as well. And they and they and they and they gave him just enough. Like that's what I'm saying about this movie. It's three hours long, but everything feels like it was treated just the way it was supposed to be treated. Yes. yes. Yes, very oh, it right. feels so good. For it's example, such a good movie. one of my one of my favorite scenes in the film is where uh, De Niro goes to make a drop that he knows is a setup uh, at, at an old busted uh, drive-in movie theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, one of those things where they could have they could have gotten that whole story told in about thirty seconds, but no, they're going to spend three and a half minutes because <laughs> because yeah. it's 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 important and it's beautiful, and so. Uh, he goes. He goes to do this thing. That scene is not what you think it is. Like it's action. It's exciting. You get to wonder for a moment if they're going to make it out alive and so on. But that's actually 
a story about how movies have changed, mm-hmm. right? It's it's showing you uh, like the real beauty of the whole thing are these long wide shots of this dead movie theater yeah. uh, drive-in, and you're supposed to think for a moment, oh wow, that used to be a thing, drive-in movies. You know, yeah. like people would gather in their cars and they don't even, do that anymore. Even closer to being a thing back in 1995. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, but, exactly. Yeah. But it's it's this homage and it's this symbolism. And it's also part of the characters, right? right? Because De Niro is still sort of going through the motions, uh, and he's trying to get out. He wants to to end it. He doesn't want to be this thing anymore. You know, he wants to be safe and so on. And he's like the drive-in movie theater. And it's it's just one of those things where there's so much more in the layers of this film when you when you get get underneath. And it's actually good. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not it's not symbolism and meaning. That's real shallow. Yeah, is what I'm saying. They had they had I, hired. Uh, by the way, Keanu Reeves was supposed to play the Val Kilmer part. He was signed and ready to go, but then Val Kilmer, who was in the middle of doing Batman Forever uh, filming, what a piece of shit that was. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, was able to squeeze it in. So they freaking fired, uh, or they used the part of the contract <laughs> that let Keanu Reeves go. I actually think Keanu Reeves would have been great in this. He would have been fine. He would have been fine. He would have been fine. Been fine. Yeah. yeah, I think Val Kilmer was good though. He was think, all right. Yeah. He was okay. That was whole little... character, that whole character was uh, really background music. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't necessary that either one of them be there. I mean, it, it would have been just fine either way. Yeah, well, but Val Kilmer's got that great great his, flashing smile. His he role is just it. to be mean to uh, Ashley Judd for a few minutes. Yeah. and be a good shot, and that could have been right. that could have easily been. And, and By the to way, drag Robert De Niro's character down just a little bit. Oh right. Yeah. And and before we get too far away from it, can I just say I love seeing movie scenes shot in abandoned driving yes. movie theater lots oh, yeah. because it looks like it just looks like a city with all these abandoned buildings in it. And you've got, you remember the whole thing of when you were a kid having to drive up and down those yes. <laughs> every time to get to your stuff. How hard it would be to shoot. <laughs> there is a fantastic drive-in movie theater out in Riverside called Van Buren Drive-In. If you live in Southern California, make a point of going out to Van Buren Drive-In some Saturday evening, get there early and sit through three films. The snack bar is good. Everything about that place is great. And it gets packed. They turn people away every every night. It's like seriously, driving movies are still a thing. Well, and if they're a thing in a chance, come on over to Greenland, no. South Carolina. Fifteen minutes for me is our great drive-in movie theater. Two screens. Uh, they place about six films, and yes, turn people away. They do, and they have a a big old burger joint right inside oh, wow. uh, the, the theater too. So you don't have to just get popcorn. You can get everything. Well, and keep, keep in mind that these things are, it's not to say they're alive and well, they're just in boutique status. Oh. Like this yeah, is, this yeah. is right. like where they, they can, yeah. they can only exist in major metropolitan areas. Yeah. Or, no, no, or, not or the true. South. <laughs> right. Because I live in a very small to medium sized town and we just, we just attract people from all over. People who literally drive, are very far away. The area has a lot of people, though, right? Like you couldn't have a drive-in that would last uh, out the country. I'll, I'll send you our population later. It's not that big. <laughs> it's like it's vinyl <laughs> record stores. Ivet, you were going to say right. a thing. What were you going to say? say? Yeah, do both of those have the metal speaker boxes, or is it all FM now? Oh my gosh! Uh, oh. Freaking oh. FM, dude! I have not been to a drive-in so long where you, oh, you get to tune in your radio and everything. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah, but at least you can close your windows. We had one kid run. This was, I think Tristan was a baby. We were seeing Anchorman and 
what was the other movie with that? Uh, it was another, it was another comedy. We were seeing Anchorman and some, some other comedy. We had the movie, the, um, the little speaker box hang, hanging on our window. Some kids are like chasing each other through the <laughs> drive-in and one of them like completely clotheslines himself on our court. Oh no. Awesome. Yeah, didn't break the window, but just like and he's dropped on the ground. He gets up and keeps running. Like, oh, I'm going to get you, dude. Oh, uh, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> I feel bad for him, but also I want to thank him for that happening. Yeah. <laughs> we still have, uh, apparently we still have a drive-in theater here in Denver, the 88 drive-in um, up north. I might have to go yeah, see. Yeah, we uh, have one too, but I, you know what? I mean, it's, I'm nostalgic for it in, in lots of ways like everybody else is, but. You yeah. have to pick the right movie. Like uh, the last, uh, you, my favorite movie to go see, we watched, um, and it's been years ago since since we did this, but it was probably my favorite. Well, I think it was Planet Fifty One, and it was basically a fifty style oh, wow. type uh, cartoon that yeah, was, it was the animated one. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like it just felt like it fit so well. Mm. Uh, the one that did not that kind of felt weird was seeing uh, the SpongeBob SpongeBob movie a couple of years back. <laughs> and I was like, this is not. I should be in my living room right now, not yeah, right. Here. The right. current, uh, the current uh, trifecta, the current three pack you can see at the '88 Drive-In is the Melissa McCarthy Life of the Party, which I don't say I don't feel like should be a drive-in movie. Deadpool Two, mm. which I also don't feel like should be a drive-in movie. And right. then the third one, which starts at approximately 12:15 a.m., 15 minutes past midnight, is Rampage, which absolutely should be the first oh, movie of the night. Yes, totally. Yeah. No, I see that. Totally. But they, yeah, the what... the point is like, I'd say to myself, you know what's neat. Being in a car watching a movie, and then my yeah. brain goes, "You know what else is neat? Uh, being in a chair in my backyard in the dark at night with eighty degree weather, watching <laughs> something on my iPad with headphones on. <laughs> like it's it's all neat. It's all cool. It's just a different delivery method now. You know, like I don't know if I can get that excited about drive-ins. I try. I so there's there's lots of other stuff in this film that's like that. That's my my prototypical example. But there's a whole story being told about airports and what's going on out out way out past the runways and so on. Mm-hmm. There's a you know there's a whole symbology around uh, hotels and around stakeouts and so on. It's like this movie has so much more than just good scenery, mm-hmm. but the scenery is really good. Yeah, like. The cinematography is just spectacular. Oh, it's incredible. The scenery is also very unique, too, because one of the things, Michael Mann, also trivia, uh, he he had these scouting locations. There was almost everything was brand new. Mm -hmm. Nothing had been filmed before except for, like, I think 10 of the 35 locations or something like that. Mm. Uh, So we had a lot of new locations, which felt really good to me. Also, I got to say, the sound design, some of the Michael Mann shots where he would linger with some characters in in a particular area or a scene, there's one scene uh, where De Niro and uh, Amy Brenneman, character Edie, mm-hmm. are uh, are outside leaning against uh, leaning against a car, I believe. And there's all this background bird noises that just makes mm-hmm. you realize it's not 2 a.m. It's closer to like 5 a.m. Yeah. And if we yeah. if anybody's been out at 5 a.m. after a long night of, of mm-hmm. you know, romancing. And the birds start chirping and everything. You know the sun's going to be coming up soon. It was just uh, oh, Michael just Michael kick. Mann is like Lord of that. Like he's so good yeah. at capturing that that whole feeling. And that I'm really moment. what else sucks about him is that he's you know still here, still got stuff. He's producing like crazy, suck. but he's not making he's not directing anymore, and it really bums me out. I think he's incredible. Like he, he's what uh, he is. Keep going. Forty three. So what does that make him like seventy? 70? 
some seventy five. Those guys are all that, but they're all the best directors in that age range. So he should just keep going. Just keep making right. movies. Okay. I just love it. I love your tone, dude. Don't slow down. Don't stop now. Don't slow down now, man. What are you, seventy five? Get up. Uh, <laughs> this is the but this is the kind of career where you can tell he poured a lot into what he did. Like each film takes three or four years, you know? Mm-hmm. And once you've made The Last of the Mohicans and The Insider and Ali, like maybe, maybe, yeah, you retire early and enjoy it. Like I like how many how many of these massive projects can one man do in a lifetime? Well, I'm just right? I'm just selfish and would like him to just never one stop making man. things. That's all. <laughs> like the insider is so about good. A, we're talking about one man, yeah. Right. <laughs> Collateral's amazing. Uh you mentioned Last of the Mohicans, didn't you? It's also great. Yeah. Like he's just he's great. Probably Last of the Mohicans is probably his best film. I think it would be I think it would be made differently now. I don't mm. think uh best I film? Eh, heat. I'm going Heat. I wouldn't say best film. I'd say Heat's his best film. I can't think of a movie uh, I'd like better than Heat. I think I need to see Mohicans again after seeing this because right now just the newness the 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 most recentness of seeing heat is like saying oh no this is this is the best man you know who hates us right now listeners who think we only do crappy movies that's who hates us right now (laughs) (laughs) wants us to only do crappy movies i like i really enjoyed this thing where we stop and spend a long time three hours watching a masterpiece and it is a masterpiece like this let's just make sure we're we're all clear this film is as good as it gets, this is a director who, when his films turn 20, he goes back and tries to edit them to update them. Yeah. And he's got this whole thing about he revisited Heat and was like, I'm having a hard time finding, you know, the alternate shots that are that I would use and so on. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a great film. Yeah, from that's how great it is. By the way, I've one, I'm just looking through his list of films he directed, and I've seen everything except for, well, let's see, he didn't direct Ollie, did he? And he's just a I producer he on did. that. Didn't he direct it? He's just a producer. Let me double check on this. Ali. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he directed it. You're right. Yeah. I take it back. Um, uh, The only one I haven't seen is... Where did it go? Uh, Now I lost it. Shit. What, what was I going to... I can't remember what I was going to look at. Now, was uh, it L.A. Takedown? That was the TV movie that was basically the same time or is basically the same universe as, as Heat? Oh, is it? I didn't isn't, know that. Isn't that... Isn't that right, uh, Scott? Uh, yes, it, it is. But I just want to ask Scott: Is it the Christian Bale Johnny Depp movie? Yes, yes, that Public one. Enemies. Public, Public enemies. enemies. Ah, that I want to see that. That okay. looks great. Yes. That's like some mobster twenties movie. It. I'm into that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Uh, anyway, uh, my thing with Last of the Mohicans is one of my favorite movies ever too. Loved Last of the Mohicans, and now it mm-hmm. makes sense. Oh yeah, he hired West Studi again because he loves that guy and he worked with him in Last of the Mohicans like two years mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, he, um, uh, the thing I like about that movie is it's just epic and huge and amazing and historic and all that. But if you watch it now, it's a little on the melodramatic side, just a little bit on the, what? I will find you no matter what occurs stuff. <laughs> that's the, that's the only thing I remember from it. Honestly, <laughs> It's a little, that stuff doesn't hold up exactly well, but it's still a really good movie. So yeah. I, I, I want to ask Brian Dunaway why he's never seen it before. And I have a, I sure. have an idea. And I just want to know, like, without tampering with you, what's your right? Like, right. Now, while you do what's, it, what's hold on, Dunaway. While you do it, I'm a. I, I want it to be as if you're telling us in a bank heist. So here it goes. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Tell, tell hey, us. Your hey story. guys, what we gotta do is uh, we gotta <laughs> first of all we gotta case the joint. Is that a word? We use case the joint, right? I think that's what we're supposed to do. And then, uh, hey man, if you could head out and get a car rental from uh, 
uh-huh. from Hertz. Hertz rent a car. That'd be great. Yeah. Don't use hey, your I real got a, name. I got a question. Cool. I got a question. Don't use your real name. Right, yes, go ahead. Uh, why? Why did you never see heat in like 23 years? Yeah. Well, oh, because I well, well, the reason why I didn't see it in 1995 because I was I was busy watching a Toy Story and Batman Forever. <laughs> uh, I didn't really. I wasn't really. I was more of like you know cartoons and superheroes kind of I, so, I wasn't so, really into the you know mm. the melodramatic kind of stuff i didn't even see seven back in the day it was much later or mm. even so, 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 yeah, so yeah. partially it wasn't advertised to you very well right right i wasn't okay look this was uh this was in a time that i was just really like like in a different gear you know I've, i went back and watched you know godfather movies and that kind of stuff and i've, I've went back and forth between watching really dramatic films, long films. Uh, and then I've also went to just watching junk and, uh, that just, this was not on my radar, uh, mm-hmm. in 95. And then, uh, you know, as the years passed by, I gotta be honest, the, 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 uh, the advertisement and, and the, and, and the cover box and all that jazz, none of that mm-hmm. stuff really speaks to me of what the movie actually is. If yeah. that makes sense, it, it looks like something, something totally to that for sure. Yeah. That, Cause I think this movie, I think it failed or it not failed, but I think it crumbled under just the excitement when it was announced or when it was released of seeing De Niro and Pacino on screen together. And when people went and saw it with that expectation, like, Oh my God, De Niro and Pacino together. And it's really only five minutes or 10 minutes, two scenes, yeah, yeah. middle and end. They're disappointed by that when if it was just said, oh, it's a really good heist movie, that just I didn't even know it was, to have those guys in it. I didn't even know it was a heist movie. I honestly, my impression always was yep. that it was somebody was going to get arrested and most of it was going to be lawyering and trying to get out of jail and all this other. It just it it, it felt like that type of movie until I watched so, it. And then I was like, wow. This is a heist movie. Why didn't somebody sell it like that well, to me? And, and, this, and that was my guess. My guess was, if you've not seen this, and by the way, listener, if you haven't seen it yet, freaking go watch the movie, then come back. Yeah. If you, <laughs> I'm guessing if you haven't seen it, a part of it has to do with the title of the film, which sucks. That this title, yeah. I, for it's the last... Tw- after watching the movie. Yes, but for the last That's 23 fine. years, it has driven me crazy to ask someone, have you seen Heat? What do you mean? Right. Uh, Michael Mann's movie Heat. And they go, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy uh, and uh, I saw Burt Reynolds. Yeah, I yeah. saw <laughs> Burt Reynolds. It was uh, you know, I've, and se- I've seen Fire. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, like you said, the the movie poster is ridiculously wrong for the film. Yeah. Like, if if it had had a, a title, and, and I'm not saying it should have been, but like a movie title like The Great Escape get gets you right. excited, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and if it had had a title like that and a movie poster that showed you that it's a really competently crafted film. The movie poster gives you the idea that it's maybe a procedural cop TV show. Mm-hmm. And you're right. like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, did, it didn't feel good to me coming in. I was like, I was so dreading it, especially once you said three hours. I'm like, I don't want to watch no three-hour yeah. freaking I could see this if you didn't know. Back. Like, and I feel like I even saw Heat by accident. I didn't see it in theaters, and I kind of wish I would have because the, the shootout scene is still... I don't know. I don't. So I don't know. Of, I don't know of one that's yeah. better. And by the way, the sound work. That's... Did they win some things that year for sound? Because they yes. should have. Yes. So the behind the scenes has this whole thing about training the actors to use their guns competently. Yeah. And they we did. could talk about the guns. I let's not talk about the guns. The guns are really cool. That's yeah. all that needs to be said. They're badass. So, uh, in training them to use their guns competently. They end up in the streets on Saturdays and Sundays filming with lots and lots of sound gathering. And then they hand everything over to these sound technicians who go and replace everything. 
And they come in with Michael Mann to do proofs, and Michael Mann is like, no, no, that it doesn't sucks. sound right. And <laughs> the sound guys are like, okay. Uh, pew, pew, pew. No. And they realized that one guy who was there, the one sound engineer who was on the set out in the street, who was there is like, I, all I can do is use the natural sounds that we gathered while we were there because it was so impressive. It's so scary it's and echoey and loud. And so they did. And like, it's a miracle. I'm so glad they did mm -hmm. because that's what impresses you about that scene. Mm -hmm. This was the nineties when, okay. So we don't focus on hyper realistic, uh, sound design anymore. In my opinion, in most movies I see during the nineties, there was this great push to have this, really good sounding surround sound just overwhelming well uh, it's effect. a combination of things right because we have great yeah. sound we have atmos we have all these amazing things now but what yeah. you're saying is they they were able to we were in the dolby years so we had a good sound but you but they were striving to do practical ways of capturing it yeah and, and, and it, 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 it really showed great. through yeah i agree yeah. that's a really sounds good great. point I mean, it. Oh, it's still rain. Well, here, you know what? I know it's early, and we're not doing clips yet. But I need to play this, okay? So just hold on. These sounds. I I captured three minutes of this. I don't know why, but that that's why I think it's just so good. But here it is. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. minimal it's, dialogue, and that's three. Just, there's three minutes of nonstop shooting, and I and I realize that. We live in a time where nobody probably wants to think about three minutes of nonstop shooting in a modern context. And I understand that. But in the sort of this creative space where they're telling the story, it is symphonic almost. It's just an incredible, gut-wrenching, intense that, thing. I've never seen anything scene, like it. Yeah. That scene looks more like modern-day first-person shooter games than anything I'd seen prior. So I... I got to think that a lot of things from this movie oh, have influenced. Dude, things influence this. Comes. I guarantee it. I don't know if you've played any of the Payday games on Steam. They're right, very yeah. popular. Those games are basically Heat, the video game. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're bank robberies where you've got to make your way down the street when you're done and get out of there. Like, it's literally that scenario over and over. And it, there's no doubt in my mind that that modern shooters, your, your, your uh, Rainbow Six style games, that kind of stuff, absolutely pull from Heat. I think it's impossible not to. Like there are people who, um, uh, Jonathan or uh, sorry, not Jonathan, that's his brother, uh, Nolan, uh, Christopher Nolan, Christopher mm -hmm. Nolan says right. this is his favorite movie of all time. Mm -hmm. And if you watch it knowing that, you get a total you you Batman will see vibe. you you it's like a prequel to Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. If, if right. you watch it like that, very Except much. Somehow William Fickner's back to life. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but but even then, like look at that scene Fickner's in. Yeah, it, it, he's right. he's that he's know. almost like that guy again, and it's yeah. a bank heist, and they're wearing masks. Like it's it yeah. may as well be Heat too. Yeah, I have, a, I have another question for Brian Dunaway. I just wanted to get drill down to the uh, time frame and like these seminal films that maybe you didn't see because mm -hmm. they weren't they they weren't of the genre or the right, hype right. that you. So I just wanted to ask you: Did you ever see? Uh, David Mamet's Glen Gary Glen Ross oh, at the time. No, no, so and, and yeah, come on, really with that title? Come on, is that <laughs> okay. something that Brian's going to pick up? No. Uh, right, second, yeah. <laughs> second one. Did you see Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights? I did not. Okay. Once and, and again, then, Boogie okay. Nights. Come on. Okay, and then the other one, the other one that came to mind while you were talking, and I, I, I hope I'm going for a trifecta here. 
right. uh, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Oh, yeah, I absolutely saw that. Okay, all right. Yeah, so that's a great I, title. Okay, that sold really me good. on that book there. It's like, yeah, <laughs> right thing. Got it. Yeah, do the right it, thing. Those, those, those were the movies that came to mind where it was like, I could see why you might miss them. Right. Even no matter how much people are telling you this is one of the greatest movies of all time, <laughs> you know, like I could see how you could miss it. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of movies I went back and watched later, like uh, during 95, also Apollo 13. I knew I wanted to see it, but I just wasn't in the mood. I had, I, I know I had been kind of watching stuff like uh, I had not consumed the right stuff yet mm-hmm. uh, and once i consumed that i was like oh oh i gotta watch Wait, you're not talking about now. the right you're not oh you mean the right stuff the movie the right, right stuff? stuff the movie oh, yeah yeah oh. which was a little older but it, it took me a while to get to the point in my movie viewing that i wanted to watch something like that yeah Does that makes sense i could see that sure yeah yeah i i'm with you i i feel like um like i hadn't seen uh the first uh, freaking i can't think of the uh, the godfather movie i hadn't seen any of the godfather movies until oh yeah the current geek this year like i just had never seen it and so those are tough i they're great, they're great. and i but i don't know that i was ever ready before or i wouldn't have appreciated it as much i don't think when i was right. younger and now so i'm kind of glad i got to see it now like i'm jealous of you seeing heat now because i think mm-hmm. i think it holds amazing. up part of what yeah. threw me a little bit is i just watched dirty grandpa i don't recommend it by the way that's a <laughs> shitty movie <laughs> That's a really bad movie, but it's Zac Efron and Robert De Niro, and you know De Niro does this stuff now. It's fine, whatever. But man, I could not believe how much younger De Niro looked in '95. I mean, I know we all age. I get it, but I mean, he looked like wow. I mean, because well, they would have been in their really what? Quick. They would have yeah. been there in their fifties. Him and Pacino, something like that. Yeah. So I mean, like, and then then was when was uh uh Meet the Parents? When was that? Because I mean, when I saw De Niro in that, I was like, wow, he is just he's like full on grandpa at this point. That's like seven years later, eight years later. Right. And that's a so and that, it's amazing how quickly you yeah yeah. Well, that's what right. happens, right? You hit around fifty, you still sort of look normal, and then <laughs> everything goes down. <laughs> You take a tight turn and you get old real fast. Like I, if you look at uh, Pacino now, who's still doing cool work and all that, right? He kind of looks the same to me. Pacino's got a little bit of the uh, Pacino's got a little bit of the Henry Winkler thing for me because you know, as I got older and I realized I'm like the Fonz. I used to think he was so cool, but I look at him now and I'm like, he was such a dork. <laughs> Yeah, it right. was such a dork, and I feel like totally. Would you look at it back yeah. then? Yeah, if it weren't for the leather jacket and hitting a jukebox to make it start playing, yeah, like, man, this is a weird it's looking dude, dude. <laughs> like Pacino is like the same way. I'm like in in my mind of everything I've seen him in, he's like he's like tall and just imposing and just. And then when I like actually look at him, I'm like he's just a little, you know, small guy, little little. Kind of yeah, a small right. dog, a scrappy little Italian yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. And it's just so weird. I'll yeah, tell you, yeah. uh, I I think the movie actually credits those two actors too much. Mm. Like I feel like there's a lot of lines spoken by Diane Venora, who we haven't mentioned yet, and she deserves a lot of credit because she makes Pacino's character this this uh what's his name Vincent. Vincent, uh, uh, Vincent D- Jan, Jan, D- Dally, Dooney, Hannah. Vincent, Vincent Hannah. Hannah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Like, Vincent Hannah is constructed by her, mm, right. and she does a fantastic job. Like, you really get her and her character. Mm. And it, it's it's kind of strange, like, uh, of all of these different actors, this wasn't a major star in this important yeah. role. Yeah, no, you know, she's who was really it? good. You know, who else wasn't important, mm. uh, even though they were? Danny Trejo. What's your yeah, yeah dude. 
Trejo. Trejo. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Tony Danza of Heat. Basically. I'm glad you yeah, brought that yeah. up. I think that's part yeah. of my that uh, might be part of the checklist later. The fact that they just called him Trejo. I forgot. We didn't yeah. even mention Danny Trejo. There that's what this yeah. movie does is you you keep going down the list and you're like, Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention so and so's in this. Like it's just right. this yeah, list of yeah. people. His face hasn't looked that bad since uh, that time he took a ride on the tur- turtle's back uh, recently. <laughs> it was, mm, it's pretty rough. Yeah, yeah he got the, sh- got the schmear kicked out of him. I like that and he I called like, the... He's got this, this had to be an early role for him, and I look at his IMDb. No, he's done about 85 things before Heat. Yeah. yeah, yeah yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. We, haven't even, we haven't even mentioned Tom Noonan, the freaking weirdo from oh, every yeah. other movie. Yep. Well, he was in there for like a hot second, but gosh, dang yeah. it, Tom Noonan, he's so weird. But he's got to cover his—he's got to cover the lower half of his face up with a big old beard, though, or else you're gonna go, "Ah, oh, it's a dude from Last Action Hero." Yeah, uh, or you'd say, "Ah, oh, it's a dude um, who sold Nuke in RoboCop 2. Oh. <laughs> I'm so—I'm so glad they hired all of these seasoned actors for this okay. movie too, because like they didn't have to. Tom Noonan could have been uh, anybody in that role, mm-hmm. but he just brought this thing to the role where you really believed in him. Like this is actually a guy who does what he does. Yeah, it was, I, I was really impressed with that. This is all on the heels of the success of Mohicans, which was two years earlier. Uh, that that had proven that Michael Mann could transition to tel- from television uh, to movies in a way that was huge and impactful. And I think everybody was just like, "Yes, please sign me up." Like yeah. plus, the, the rumors were that, but, but yeah, he wrote it. But also, I mean, he had full, he had all kinds of creative control over it. And right. Pacino and uh, De Niro, who were you know, this, you don't get much more bankable than those guys. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, yeah, we want to, we totally want to do this. In fact, everyone assumes they've, those two have been in a bunch of movies before. The only other movie they were ever in together was uh, the second Godfather, and they never shared a scene. Mm-hmm. And in this thing, they really only share one. I mean, they're two, yeah. I guess. The, two, the shooting the, and the, the shootout at the end, but, you, you know, for a majority of the shootout, they're at different ends of the the airport <laughs> other than the hand until hold, the very you know, end the hand, hand holding, holding thing yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah hold yeah. my hand yeah hold my hand <laughs> hold my hand as i, I like that the, i liked yes. it i like that that stuff can come off so cheesy in, in the wrong hands that yeah. didn't that didn't come off cheesy to me it worked for yeah, me i liked it i liked it there's like this good. unspoken respect between these two very flawed professionals who were you know like perfect and the, the perfect antith- antithesis of each other ah oh, it's right. just great dude I was There's... rooting so hard for uh, uh, for De Niro's character uh, Macaulay to to get away. Mm-hmm. I just wanted him to get away. I I just wanted them. I knew that them facing each other again would end in something that felt bad for me. It didn't matter which one of them died. I was gonna be sad to see either one of those characters die. Well, I just my my rooting was like, oh, just please, just get away, so yeah. you don't have that conversation. He he, he screwed up yeah. though. He he went. I mean, he had to get revenge over long hair McGillicuddy yeah. in the, in the yes. thing. Who, by yes, the way, we haven't a- talked about that guy at all. He is a menacing SOB, dude. Oh, so much. Yeesh. Mm-hmm. I don't so like him because one minute he's like, Kevin, hey, everybody. Kevin Gage as Wayne Grove. That's the, that's the choice role in the film if you're a bit actor. Yeah. What, what a great role for, for a, a good a character actor. Wayne Grove is the whole movie. If they don't, if they don't hire Wangro early on, or if they just take him out instead of trying to talk to him first, yeah. mm-hmm. or whatever, the whole thing goes fine for this crew. Yeah. But yeah. Wangro is this thing that keeps threading in and in and out. And the the big, like one of the big symbology points of the film is light, bright lights, and you have uh, 
during the yeah <laughs> during the escape uh where you know de niro makes that horrible decision at, at the very end of the film he's literally driving into a tunnel with bright lights yeah and mm-hmm. and as he keeps driving the lights go out and he makes his decision and he takes the exit mm-hmm. and it's like it's like wayne crow you know is waiting to to be killed and you know he's going to be killed but the whole movie like you you realize you look back and it's like Oh wow! That this this symbol and all of this stuff wraps around this character over and over and over. Yeah. He has just a tremendous on him. That's great. this tremendous and horrific scene where he kills a prostitute. Yeah. And and by the way, uh, I don't want to like that stuff. Yeah. I just want to I want to be on the record. I don't want to <laughs> like that stuff. It is gratuitous. It is violent. It is bad. Yeah, but it's not. However, ex- it's, this is not exploitative. It's not telling a story that's like, hey, you're killing the hookers. I, <laughs> it's not. However, like that. the 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 murder of that of that prostitute gives right. us a a look into the point of the film where you have the good guy show up and the prostitute's mother is there and she's played by Hazel Goodman and uh, our main character our good guy who his role in life is to be out there dealing with the worst stuff for us the rest of us don't have to deal with the worst stuff that humanity does. He he deals with it. He is out there, and the mother breaks through a police line, and he kind of grabs her and holds mm, on to yeah, her. And great. she is so amazing. And there's so many other things like this. Like, like um, what's his name? Uh, Dennis Haysbert's girlfriend. Yeah. She, there's a scene yeah. where she realizes that she's lost him yeah. back to yeah. uh, crime and ultimately he's killed. Yeah. And you see this thing on her and like, it's just like this movie affords all those opportunities, and, you know, to these bit actors and they do such a great job, guys. When it's the Nero hire- though that yeah. You've got all these, uh, these smaller roles that are delivering these great scenes, yet he still couldn't get anything out of Tomo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I... I don't know that I agree. I feel like that's a that that scene is so fun. The re- scene's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It could have been anybody but Tone Loke, though. Didn't there's nothing he really right. brought to that that I would have said. Right. It's just he's got his that voice. Yeah, yeah, he's got the voice. But there, when when De Niro hires Dennis Haysbert to come get back into the crime because he's sick of working at that restaurant with that Bud Court actor guy, I forgot to yes. mention him too. Um, it, there, I, I said out loud, "No one's in the room. It's just me watching it. I have headphones on." And as soon as he hired him, I went. Am I in good hands? <laughs> I literally yeah. like said it out loud. That's, that's his whole role in life now. Now, that's we have done very little to address the fact that John Voight was in this, but even less to address the fact that John Voight's hair was in this. I, oh, every every time he was in, this kind of crosses over to what grows Scott out, and I'm, I'm going to go just John Voight, just everything. <laughs> Because he was John gross, he was just grossing me out. Every every everywhere he was at, there was a there was a phone at one point in time. He was talking on the nastiest looking phone. I, it looked like it. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, like, it looked like a poo phone. <laughs> I hope bad. Scott. I hope Scott was the most grossed out in the whole film by Dennis Haysbert cooking over a grill and sweating into the food nope. that he's putting oh, yeah. up onto this plate. And nope. the, I didn't and even the notice that. Oh. A lot of sweat. No, nope, it didn't bother <laughs> me. That's fine. I'd never eat there in the first place. It didn't bother me. Well, the thing <laughs> that gro- Actually, let's just hit it. The thing that grossed me out, I will give you a hint, happened very, very early in the film. I'll say that. Any Was guesses? it smooching with uh, Pacino? Uh, no. All right. Oh, wait. No, you mean the very beginning with his wife? Yeah. Yes, that was it. 
Smooching with the Pacino. Yeah, because it was morning, gross, freaking yes. ugh, smacking lips, dirty, <laughs> gross, early morning, sexy time with Do Al Pacino. you hop out of bed, go brush your teeth, and get back into bed before you kiss Kim in the morning? Like, uh, I don't. Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. I don't. I don't. Oh. I, hey, baby. Play. I've been breathing through this freaking cave hole my all, all night. Like, even, especially you, Brian, you got that pap smear thing you wear on your face. What's pap it called? Smear. <laughs> smear thing. <laughs> now, that would. That's that would affect that, my breath. Mm. Yeah, Hold on. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. CPAP is what I meant. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be wearing that all nights, oh getting all gosh. nasty. And they're like, oh, come here, baby. Brr. Like, yeah, I can't do it. It my nose. That doesn't do anything for my mouth. Oh, all right. Well, my point okay, is, I, I, could pipe, I could put an air freshener in that thing and just pipe ah. in nothing but <laughs> minty pine tree dangling from the rear view mirror scent all night long. Oh, I don't know if mint and, mint and pine go well together, but you could try it. It might work. But <laughs> the point is <laughs> that that just, I don't know. It's a, it's a common thing with me. I don't like it when people wake up on, in movies and act like it's just the, yeah. go brush your time. teeth. It's yeah. one thing. Hey, look, it's one thing just to, you know, give a peck. I'll do that, but yeah, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get sexy time, yeah, in the gross. morning time, gross, you might want to go brush your teeth. Yeah, I don't I don't see and, it. It's like both but, of you, you're both you're both suffering from the same, you know, the same. I haven't brushed my teeth are, all night. I don't are care. You the kind of guy that would are you the kind of guy that would go out and eat some fritos and then get into a two hour makeout session with somebody? Because uh, if you uh, are, then I understand uh, where you're coming from. Uh, uh, that sounds so bad. <laughs> I, I yeah, also want to say I'm making out with had Fritos as well. Right. Yes. No Just problem absolutely. whatsoever. Yeah. I also want to point out that our, our sense of smell when we're watching movie scenes comes and goes. And so like for me, it's when uh, De Niro goes to check on Trejo and Trejo's wife is dead and Trejo's dying and he's laying there and it looks like the back of his head has been shot out or something. Mm-hmm. And okay. Trejo's face looks like it's just been bashed over and over yeah. and it's really good. Like it's incredible makeup, yeah. but for some reason, my sense of smell turned on and I wanted to retch watching yeah. that scene. Yeah. Like, I could just imagine, Ugh. I can't imagine how, if that was real, how uh, Macaulay could deal with Sorry, being man, in that. I, I, yeah. my pants. I do that too. Sometimes I think about senses. No one on screen is actually paying attention to. And I go, if you guys could just take a whiff of what's going on in there, you'd be all grossed up. <laughs> but I wrote here's how I wrote it. Al Pacino making out in the morning in bed with tongues and shit. That's how I wrote it. Yeah. I know they were they were going a little crazy. Oh like my gosh, was, uh... dude, you got freaking night boogers in the corner of your mouth. You got like a freaking you were snoring all night and, and the can freaking I have a, Can I have a trope alert? Sure. Hold on. Where is it? Night boogers? I know. That's 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 not what sex looks like, guys. Just so you know. <laughs> like yeah. people whatever time of day it is, that's not what sex looks like. That's not even what porn looks like. I don't know what was going on, but movie sex, this is as bad as it gets. And I, it was, Michael Mann's great. This is his masterpiece. That scene, like, you could just lose that scene. Like, just have them rising from bed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most of it, I mean, we got it because, the you know, when he left, he was chomping gum like crazy. Maybe she had a really bad <laughs> breath. But she was smoking a cigarette, so we, you know, we didn't actually see anything, but we're assuming... Yeah, you know, no, it's it, all meant it to it's all meant to be assumed and that's fine. And look, I got no problem with people do whatever they want to do. I'm brushing my teeth. Come on. That's it's all. Just I'm not, all but if also I'm, if I'm using my mouth and brushing my teeth. Yeah. But but also it's not that's not what sex looks like. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> but also Al, Al Pacino, you want his tongue in your mouth, dude? No. Never. 
Ever. Rush or not, just Na- don't want it. Name just a time know. where that sounds good. Oh, oh, I got another. Necessarily, you know, what everybody feels like. I don't want his tongue in my mouth either. But I'm sure there are a lot of ladies who are like, "Oh, are you kidding me, Pacino? He's sexy as hell. Hell yeah." I don't. Uh, know. Got a, I think there's got a greater. There's less than you think. I'll bet if we could make a, a determination somehow scientifically, <laughs> I will bet there are less women on this planet. Who want that freaking job of the hut slug in their Look, orifice. that's not fair. God, wouldn't you hate to have a poll about who would sleep with you? That'd be like the worst I would, poll. I, I would just want hate to poll. see the results of that poll. I don't mind there yeah, being a poll out there, but I just don't want to see the results. Oh, just a freaking... I want to be blissfully ignorant and think that exactly. it's, you know, 80%. Pacino, Pacino uh, bacteria. The Pacino, what would you call it? Pacino, uh, what's the word with a P that's like a thing that uh, can transfer people to people? Pathogen. Pacino pathogen. pathogen. That's no, what you're that's doing. Good, yeah. You put that tongue in your mouth, you're getting a Pacino pathogen. Watch out, is all I'm saying. Pacino pathogen bath. Uh, anyway, how do we feel about De Niro being dirty grandpa and all these dumb roles now? Do we, like, does it make anyone else feel kind of bad? I don't know. I mean, it's not... What I'm saying is, I guess you get what you can get, and he's still got his Tribeca thing, and he's, you know, he's a respected one of the great actors of all time. No, I don't think any I've of this tarnishes that, it. but how many, you know, meet the Fockers can we, can we stand? I I've said this before. Yeah. I, I, I knew a guy maybe 15 years ago who uh, is a professional personal assistant and he worked for Pacino for a while. And uh, sorry, De Niro, Robert De Niro. He, he referred to him as RDR all the RDN all the time, which, which is like, uh, you know, it doesn't take much to figure out who you're talking about there, buddy. Um, he, he worked for Robert De Niro and uh, had a really bad time. Ultimately, he quit to try to go find some other celebrity to work for as a personal assistant because Robert De Niro was so, you know, mistreated him so much. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've always had that color uh, to the actor. Like, mm-hmm. I've always felt like I, I, I need him to redeem himself personally. I'm so glad that he hasn't been, uh, you know, uh, indicated as a serial sexual harasser yeah, because right, that helps right. a little bit. And, you know, there's a lot of suspects right now, yeah. but I, I just, I have never been able to let go of that. I feel like, like he's not, you know, like just not a very good person personally. Well, and so okay. I, I don't like Ness. I don't, I don't line up to go see his movie. I see. I look at this screenshot I'm looking at right now of him and Voight and I can't help but think like Voight's a big Trump supporter and um, right. De Niro can't stand Trump. And I, mm-hmm. I want to see that. Look, I'm looking I, at this, this still this shot. I want to see him fight. I want to see him punch each other. <laughs> right. This is how I feel about Come to blows. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. This is how I feel about most celebrities. Uh, and millionaires and anyone that is really outside of my personal uh, abilities to understand their logic because I'm not De Niro and I can't imagine the choices you have to make and the attitude you have to carry to perform in this space. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, I just know it's like any, it's, I, I, I personally, if you said, Hey, would you like to sit down and talk to De Niro? I'd be like, no, no, not really because we would have absolutely zero to talk about i just couldn't you know but as an artist i i'm, I'm fine with that i i, I enjoy oh i'd interview him in a heartbeat yeah, would be, i'd love to it would be totally like the uh the the chris farley interview things yeah. hey remember when you were in uh, meet the parents and you said <laughs> yeah. uh, can you milk me i get nipples. yeah that, that was that great would be it. that was great yeah, yeah that was really good that's good no so I, I would i've never really want to meet celebrities because <laughs> generally is almost always don't meet your. They say don't meet not, your heroes. That's what they yeah. tell you. And I don't know. I, sometimes I think that's true. Sometimes I think there are exceptions. I'll bet well, Tom Hanks is super are, nice. I, I think there are celebrities or you know who uh, put themselves all out there truthfully. 
right? Oh, yeah. uh, especially yeah. in the age of Twitter. We, we lost a modern philosopher entertainer this week. And I think Anthony Bourdain is one of those who you really would be very surprised to find deep secrets mm -hmm. in his life. He was very on the edge out there, you know, wide open spirit for you to know, yeah, which is, which uh, is yeah. even, it's even true in death. Like it, his death is not even a, his, his choice to, to take his own life as a, is an overt outward. Like it's not, it's, he's not hiding it. <laughs> In other words, like, uh, yes, I, I, I prefer more of that. I don't mean suicide, but I mean like more of that sort of front facing <laughs> honesty from my, if you could go ahead and just remove yourself from my world, celebrities. Thank you. I, I like that about him. Um, I'm super sad that he, that he had right. to go out this way, but, um, but yeah, like I, like I, I said, I, I can't, I can't relate. Like I know, I see, I've been thinking about this a good bit recently. I, I, I've a couple years ago, Phil Collins, uh, said that he was fighting with depression, very suicidal, because he was going in a transition period from going from being a sex symbol artist to being, you know... Wait, how uh, long ago was this? This should have been... That was a few, it's, it's been... It's, I, I, that was a point in time when Phil Collins was considered a sex symbol? Oh, no, well, no. I, I mean, look, I, maybe, yeah. I sure. Mean, I think he I mean, probably when you go was. To, I mean, within his bubble, within his space. I mean, if you're going to... If you're doing concerts, I mean, I guarantee you, after the concert, you're going to have plenty of attractive women approach you if they can uh sure with that so i mean so yeah your 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 shading is going to be that you think that you're you know a certain level and as that diminishes that's got to be something tough to deal with because we all have to deal with losing our sexuality at some point but to have it so far out there it seems like that would be really hard. Yeah, but hard then he to can stop with. and look back and go, "Oh, I made that really good." Well, yeah, Tarzan. he made it through. So he, no, I'm he saying, I'm saying, he can look back and say that Tarzan soundtrack was rad, and everyone else is wrong. Right. That movie's great, and the music's really good in it. That's what he can do. Right. Well, there's, there's <laughs> I'm taking a shot at all the. There's a know? bunch of nice, buttholes nice out little, there who hate the nice, soundtrack to that movie, and I love it. So f off, everybody. Nicely wedge that in. Well done, mm -hmm. sir. Yeah, that was my goal. Uh, uh, there, yeah. there are, uh, you know, like there, there are actors like Robert De Niro who we don't get to know uh, their their private lives. They're not on Twitter yeah. uh, out there saying every little Thank thought goodness. that crosses their mind. And yes, I'm I'm glad for that. But but it is so disappointing when you find out, you know, mm -hmm. when you find out that the guy had this uh, dirty secret that he was keeping from the world while we were all pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into him. And you know, like that's just that's, such yeah, but we weren't now. pouring that, it that in. We weren't pouring it in because we thought the opposite. It wasn't like we all go see the De Niro movies mm. because, oh, I bet he's got a spotless life. Therefore, here's my eight bucks. Like, I don't think that is there is a when you see that dirty secret come out and the money stops, that lets you know that we we want him to not have what's his, right. what's a, his dirty secret. Side. What it's did a, he do? It's an interesting. It's interesting dialogue we've had to come up with recently because so much is coming out about celebrities yeah. that we're having to make conscious decisions. And it's, it's, it's such a it's like boycotts. Boycotts are a very is a surgical tool that you're trying to attack a very specific person, but it's not a surgical tool. It, it hurts a lot of people uh, surrounding that. And as consumers, I don't know what 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 is what is our part? Should people yell at other people for continuing to, you know, 
enjoy movies by De Niro while another set feels like he's trash. Oh, wait, I don't know. It's, I it's still don't understand what discussion. De Niro did. I'm confused. What did he do? Oh, well, I'm De Niro, just saying, De Niro I'm didn't do anything. He didn't like, do anything. We, 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 I don't know. We should be having a discussion we about like, Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Oh, yeah. oh, I was trying oh, to right. avoid specifics so that no one would go, <laughs> I hate you all. I was, <laughs> I was why, why, would you, why would you want that? Like, I, 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 I hate <laughs> your great ass. I, I, that's, I was confused because I thought there was something going on. I know no, there was. No, some... I was using De Niro because there's, there's, uh, Randy kind of has a little bit of angst against him, but most people in general do not. So I was just kind of using that as a. Right, as right, example. right. I understand. Uh, right. Well, all right. Clips. How about clips? Oh, clips. wait, before I do clips, I forgot to mention there is one other actor in this that I could not help but mention. Uh, the toilet lawyer from Jurassic Park was. <laughs> oh, was he really? He was working at the the hardware store that uh, Val Kilmer right. went and bought parts from for the uh, for the heist. Yep. So oh, he was funny. checking him out, yep. looking over his glasses. Well, right. if, oh, yeah, checking him out. One, huh? If you're throwing one more in, then I'm throwing one, one more in. Uh, you're not going to let Gregory from The Walking Dead watch your TV. Oh, yeah. You can sit there. You oh. can have my wife. Yeah. <laughs> that is Gregory, dude. Uh, that was great. That's Gregory. Scene. That's also the dad who gets a Terminator blade through the head on the phone yep. holding a yep. carton of milk in Terminator 2. Todd, that I actor, think. Wasn't it Todd? That actor is named Todd. Xander Berkeley. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, he boy does he get roles his agent must be a genius he's been in air force one terminator two mm-hmm. xander berkeley he's never starred in anything i don't well, think he, he ever wasn't yeah. he supposed to be wayne grow in the tv series Go right ahead. so this movie was oh, originally really? written yeah. as a as a tv series they made a pilot uh it never went past the pilot and yeah xander berkeley was in that Oh, hmm. so uh, God, this this would make an amazing HBO miniseries. Oh, kind of thing. dude, I but would watch the that hell like, out of that. This is like a this is like a minute before the idea of twenty four yeah. hits yeah. TV, and like you're like, oh, what a miss! Like they could have had, you yeah. know, they could have had this long series of these heists. I'm saying it's not. It's never the- too late. Get in there now. Make it happen. Well. Well, and Xander Berkeley, by the way, was in like an entire season of Twenty Four. Yes, the second he was. Season. There you go. He yeah. was the he was the Dick director, right? Yep. 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 He yep. took over the CTU. Yeah. This is you how this that... is this is how I most know him. Todd and Janelle are dicks. Todd and Janelle are dicks. <laughs> he was Todd. Nice pull. Nice pull. <laughs> in this movie, he was Ralph. I, ask ask the casting director to you know petition for a better name for your character maybe right can i can i be steve yeah. or joe or something like that yeah. are those available he's cursed it's just a curse and it's fine he's Is making Mike good on money table? i i i love character actors that get i think it's fine you get you get put in a little hole live it man just be who you gotta be uh all right here are some clips let's start with the breakfast taking me to breakfast okay i don't like the way she says it. i'm gonna say it one more time taking me to breakfast there's something about the way she says it you hear it? Taking me to breakfast? It's something about it. I can't explain it. Taking me to breakfast? Taking me to breakfast? I don't know what it is. Not with that attitude. <laughs> uh, First time I saw her on screen, I thought, is that Constance Zimmer? Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. If you guys know who she is, looks a lot like Diane Venora, but probably would have only been about 12 oh. uh, when when this movie came out. She looks a lot like Constance. She would have been uh, Natalie Portman's age, roughly. Yeah. Right, and we got, and we forget this is Portman like a year after the professional, so she's still very young, and not even a year, I don't think. She was probably filming these kind of back to back. Oh, Constance Zimmer was just born a year after us, so oh. she would have been in her thirties. Oh, there you go then. Hmm. Or twenty, yeah. 20. No, she'd have been twenty. Twenty-five, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, here's Natalie Portman freaking out. Mom, where are my barrettes? are out on the couch. Oh, where are the blue ones? 
I don't want to wear the blue ones. They don't match. Did you check in your bathroom? I checked everywhere. Well, what do you want me to do? Find them. Mom, pay attention. Hey, sweetie, I'm ready. What? Daddy's going to be here. Okay, he's going to be I'm not going to be ready. Though That would have been cell phones today. Right. Yes, yeah, right. I need my phone. But she's just yeah. reading a paper or something. Natalie Portman, 1995, years before she would become the mother of all Star Wars characters. Yep, there you go. There you go. That, that wasn't that far off either, time-wise. That was coming up. No. Yeah. yeah, she's she's pretty great. I wanted her Five to go, years, Mom, remember, remember my barrettes of November or something yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, here's uh, Danny Trejo doing his thing, being Trejo. 100%. Right on schedule. Made a right on Venice Boulevard. <laughs> I just need you to give me these instructions, Trejo. Uh, Judd and Kilmer hanging out. What am I doing in this rat bastard situation? You're not! What do you want from me? Leave the bank book and the car keys in the kitchen on your way out the door. Now, are we going or are we going along? You could keep that other crap, but Dominic would go with me. All right. It's not quite Doc Holiday level acting from him in this. But I think he's fine. I'll be your Huckleberry. He's fine. Yeah, his his character's bio doesn't give him something quirky to yeah. work with, yeah. right? Yeah. He's he's addicted to gambling. He's he's the cruise technician. He's the guy who knows how to work machines and explosives and stuff. Yeah. And I I think he could have had like a nervous tick or something, but he wanted the character to be cool. Yeah. So what do you what are you left with? It's just him kind of playing it natural. And I like I, I like this era of Val Kilmer, but I really do think I would have preferred Keanu Reeves here because that would have been good, a good time for Keanu Reeves to be kind of quiet and not talk a lot. You know what I mean? The, yeah, the the real scene for Val Kilmer comes later in the film, and there's not really any dialogue, and it's where uh, he and she see each other for the last time, and she gives him a subtle hand signal, and he interprets it correctly, and he's just standing on the street. He's been shot. And he's got this strange, uh, he does this thing with his face that mm-hmm. really makes it, you, you feel like he's hurting in his chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it looks like, like he had a stroke or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like he's, he, and also he's got a haircut suddenly. Mm-hmm. And it's just like everything about that is like, man, this is an actor who really knows how to act. He's being directed so well. Yeah. And there's no dialogue. It's dark. It's like, it's one of those things like, man, I wish I, I could be a part of making something that, it's also pristine. It's also one of the few characters in the movie that gets out, that gets away. Yeah, they both do actually. You never know yeah. that they they might hook up back again uh, several years later when he and his fake ID uh, make it back around yeah. to L.A. Yeah, but when she does that yeah. thing on the balcony and she kind of waves him off, it's a what a great scene. It's really good. Uh, here's the bubblegum shrimp guy. Check him out. Let's violate his ass right now. Okay, let's do that. Let's Can violate him. That ass. is uh, uh, Micheletti Wilson Williamson. Uh, Micheletti Williamson, how in the world is this guy not uh, bigger now? I, I don't understand. Like, how has he He's never had some big roles? He's done some so, big stuff. He was, least, he was my yeah, favorite thing in the last stuff. three seasons of Justified. He was amazing. Yes, that yes oh, that's what, right, but that's yeah. what I'm getting at. He's in Justified. He's got, he had a character in Hawaii Five-0. Like, I'm ready to see him lead a movie. I don't understand. Like, how, you know, like, how is he not get, getting a part that, Denzel turned down or something Wait, like that. Be careful, be careful, because it sounds like you're you're hinting that you want a Bubba Gump movie. Yeah, where they just kind of go back and like a, a a prequel. Let's Brian, do it. No, no one, prequel. No one in the world wants a Bubba Gump movie. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> the right, like the making of that. Bubba Gump shrimp. Yeah. yeah. Just, right. And to give you On some time, way, right before he gets drafted, I'd watch that. 
just to give you some time perspective, this is a year after Forrest Gump as well. So he's very busy. Anyway, it's just got a it's got a stink to be that that tier right below uh, Denzel Washington, and just like all the roles go keep going to him. Like yeah. Micheletti Williamson should I get a shot. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, here's give me all you got. I don't know what this is. Give me all you got. Oh yeah. Listen, give me all you got. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like his outbursts. I know that they don't. I yeah. think they. I think they're kind of annoying, um, just because they are. But that's also. I mean, it's Pacino, so we know what we're going to get. Such a trademark for him. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah uh, he. He. Uh, that's. You know, he mumbles a lot, and of course, I don't like movie mumblers. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, he mumbles a lot, but that that's to bring you down. So you kind of have to start. You start leaning a little closer to the TV, and you're like, "What is he saying?" And all of a sudden, he goes, "Give me all you got." I wanted to, I wanted to ask Dunaway again before you watched this the other day. Right? Did you know that this was the film that had that and had the great ass lines? I, I did not. I, I've seen the meme, uh, yeah. but I have not. I, I was not aware this was what it was from. Yeah, I'd okay. forgotten that this is where it was from, and I've seen it a bunch of times. But I don't know. He's he, dude's so iconic; it's impossible to know. I want to see that that uh, Joe Paterno thing he did on HBO. I heard that's good, or maybe it's not out yet, and I hear it's gonna be good. I can't remember now. It's some huh. some some something's going on where he plays Joe Paterno right. during the whole Sandusky thing, and he looks just like him. It's really weird. I need yeah, to yeah. Looks that like out. it's looks like it's been out since April. Okay, so uh, yeah, I just need to watch it. Uh, say the name of the movie. Here's one. Here they did a lot in this movie, but here's the first one I found. You want to be making moves on the street, have no attachments. Allow nothing to be in your life that you cannot walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you spot the heat around the corner. The heat! The heat! They found the heat! Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> you guys, the heat. Okay, so later they do that again, but here's the Are You In Good Hands guy. So, Michael, I'm down breathing. Here's my parole officer told me to come by here and said you had a job for me. Are you in good hands? <laughs> <laughs> I like that almost, I like that a lot of the characters had uh, a character orbiting their character that made you feel for them yeah. and that was his sister right wasn't that his sister i think who it was... was his girlfriend it was, it was his girlfriend? girlfriend i think yeah all right you might be right um i didn't catch some of that but yeah it yeah it, i i like that fact that there was always uh all these characters had more people and, and like tom sizemore's character actually kind of shocked me uh because you'd seen him with kids and then near the, his death scene he grabs a kid, and I'm he, like, at yeah. first, I'm like, oh, he's I'm using like, oh, he's going like to grab a, a kid, and he's going like to like a, a human side. shield or something. But then yeah. also, is he just trying to save the kid? Or is he doing both at the same time? Like, right. Sizemore's character is jacked up, man. He's yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved it though. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That whole slow chase scene through the uh, like during the the end of the gunfight when he's walking around, sees the kid, picks the kid up, and right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and man. it makes you question: human shield, or is he trying to get him out of the way? And it's like you, you just kind of flip flop back and forth between one yeah. to live. It's, and, and it's die, all small know? little notes that you even feel any of that. Mm-hmm. And it's so effective. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Um, here's what's this? Someone yells, I think, in this. Too late. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Shut up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. <laughs> all right here's now you gotta keep that one for something. You, yeah. you really got masses. the feeling that uh Kilmer and Judd were uh not getting along. <laughs> yeah, it's not the most uh, behind happy the relationship. scenes. Like you got the feeling that they didn't really like each other. Oh, you mean not in the movie? I, I don't know. Maybe they were fine. Who I knows? thought Judd did fine here, but I I've seen some really good performances by Judd, and I just don't. 
I she's, didn't feel it's, it. It's uh, TNG. Oh, I thought she was great in this. In fact, I for a hot okay, second, I, for a I hot second, a I thought better. she was Charlize Theron for just a second. I just I saw mm-hmm. her come up on screen and went, "Oh my it's, gosh, what's she doing in this?" It's that blonde hair, right? It totally. Yeah. She she has a very similar face, and when you throw a blonde. You know, blonde hair instead of her natural uh, brunette yeah. hair. It's like, oh, she is that. Char- yeah, very, very Charlize. Yeah. Uh, I even wrote it down at first. I said, I forgot Charlize Theron was in this. And I went, wait, that's Ashley Judd. What am I doing? <laughs> Here's Tone Loke. There's this cool ripping rides all along the beach areas. All right. Now, the back of a trim shop on Irvine, if somebody wants to pay a little visit this weekend, they might find two turbos and a 911 slope. A nine one one slow. <laughs> now, I if love you put that. trim shop in quotes, it could be some, mean something totally different. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yes, oh, I, right. Oh, okay. I don't know what that okay. is. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, I, okay. I really liked it. I like the idea that uh, that that Hannah has to work all kinds of different angles to get any information at all that becomes a lead, and we see that. I like that he's just going here, going there, talking to this guy and that guy. Like I, I felt like that really fleshed out the film nicely, and that Tone Loke was a good part of it. I, I don't, I don't know why you guys are so down no, on. Oh, he's fine. He, I, like I said, I don't I think don't. there's anything wrong with the scene or him as as being in it. I just don't think it's. He could have been any. It could have been any actor. I just don't think it had to be Tone Loke. And it's fine that it was him. You know, it was a time for him to be in things like this, so it was fine. I don't have a problem with him. Uh, here's uh, no one talks like this anymore. You fly. You cool. You fly, you cool. No one does mm-hmm. that. We're done well, with that. prostitutes do. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> if it's like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, just that, was, that was such a good time. It was like a rodeo in here. That was great. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it may not be the same phrasing, but it's still the same. Of all the hundreds of prostitutes Brian Nivett has been with, <laughs> they've all sort How of. How many times <laughs> have I been told I'm fly and I'm cool? Exactly. Yeah. All right, this one's called This is So Pacino. We'll see what I meant by that. I told you when we hooked up, baby, that you were going to have to share me with all the bad people and all the ugly events on this planet. Yeah, that's so him, dude. Baby. 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 <laughs> I watched, I watched, uh, Over here, baby. I watched Dog Day Afternoon not long oh, ago just for... That's a good one. That's yeah. such a good movie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'd love to see... There's certain movies I know they're classics and everyone freaks out when you say remake them, but I think some would benefit from like a modern day retelling. I think that's one of them. Uh, Dennis Haysbert goes raw. Get time for what that motherfucker does every day. You in good hands. <laughs> I'd like to point out all of the cops and investigators make it out alive. It's a it's a film that has a very simple moral incorrect uh, conclusion. No, incorrect mustache guy died getting the shot. Got yeah, shot. Yeah, mustache shootout. guy. For, that was uh, oh, what's his face from uh, Silence Lambs. Is right? Am I thinking that right? Yeah, is it, his name is. That is a yeah. that is a minor role. Is not relevant to the moral he's, story. Yeah, but that, but you said lines. none of the investigators or police guys died, and we we're just saying yes, one did. That guy, that Ted Levine, Ted Levine, Bosco, Ted Levine. he died. Yeah. So most most of the bad guys die. Even in this case, Dennis Haysbert, who just breaks bad for a second and gets killed for doing it. Right. right. It, it is it is a very clear story. There is not any uh, ambiguity about. Uh, you know, like if you take on the bad guys, you might die too. No, you're going to be generally okay. Right. Uh, even, you know, like you could even imagine an immediate sequel where 
all of these cops and investigators are taking on their very next job. Is Ted yeah, Levine yeah. the guy in uh, Silence of the Lambs that throws his is, is that not genetic right? material? That... I think it's him. Oh, he's in it, but I can't remember. No, no, he's the... genetic material. Oh, sure, a... you can no, say it earlier lotion... this week during TMS. But... <laughs> he's the lotion on the skin, right? He's the lotion on the skin. Oh, the... no, no, you're right. He's the he's the yeah. weirdo. He's the main serial he killer. His, he sticks his junk yeah, between his legs. He's right. Buffalo Bob. Or Buffalo, Buffalo Bill. Bill. You never remember. Buffalo Bob is the guy from Silence of the Lambs. Right. <laughs> Buffalo so, Bill is the historical right, figure right. that's that's buried uh, ten miles up the uh, up the mountains from me. Up the so river. Dunaway, yeah. you saw Silence of the Lambs in the nineties. Interesting. I did. It was fantastic, and I saw that. I want to say I think I saw that at the theater. It was kind of outside of my normal. Yeah. Uh, watching, but I think I got drug along and I enjoyed it. It was also very, it was just horror movie enough for you to go because you liked them. Yes, movies. that might be the reason. Why yeah. it was kind of more. Plus, it was, I mean, that was a huge thing. That was a yeah enormous film critically and, you know, financially, it did really well. Uh, here's me saying, Speak up, Val Kilmer. I had to crank this up so the volume's oh, all yeah. amplified. Bank is worth the risk. I need it, brother. You should stay and take it down. That's where I come out. Jeez, Batman, you're yeah. practicing mumbly, mumbly. mumbly. Look here, mumbly Joe. Mumble, mumble Joe. Uh, Val, here's the Val, uh, the Val Pacino. Sorry, the, the Pacino, Val Pacino. The Val Pacino. <laughs> the Al Pacino. Great ass line. Here she got a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> and you got your head all the way up it. Oh, well, you yeah. may I say know. I may I have that as well. What? Here you go. And you got your head. All the way up it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, movie I name. If, I wonder if you underlines those in the script to figure out which one is going to really, really hammer home, into. or how much of yeah. them were improv because apparently there was a lot of that going on. So, according to the trivia, that was uh, that was that delivery was improved, and the wow. reaction from Hank Azaria when he says that is, is uh, actual, actual reaction. Like what? Yeah. Mm. Imagine what it must have felt like. Hank Azaria is like. Yeah, I do The Simpsons, and that's pretty much <laughs> yeah, it. Was, and I'm then, the dog walker on Mad About You. Oh, right. I'm also yeah. in the movie with Al Pacino. With Al Pacino in this scene, I, man. I, I, I always look for the little apocryphal things, and for me it was when they, uh, when they need Hank Azaria. He's in Las Vegas, and they need a Hank Azaria at some random place in Los Angeles. Yeah. And they say, okay, he'll be there in two hours. No, he will not. No. I don't well, care. I don't care. I don't care if he was at the freaking MGM Grand, which is right next to the airport. He will not be there in two hours. How, it is how, not possible. Is it possible? <laughs> Did we cut? I mean, I know now it's like two hours ahead, sometimes more to get there. And then, you know, everything takes forever now. But was it that bad in 95? I don't remember because we weren't I'm as picky. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're it probably gonna, right. Like it's, they, they try to compress it to make it feel like time's running out really, really fast, and yeah. and uh, 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 Neil's gonna escape, and he's only got so much time, and so on. But there were just like these little uses of time. You're like, we're in Hollywood. We need to get to this hotel by the airport, and then boom, we're there. Like, no, I'm yeah. sorry, LAX is nowhere near Hollywood. I, I did get a sense so of that away. as well. Yeah. I did like they kind of did the they they kind of breathed a little bit of that gap with Pacino being able to take the helicopter. They had, they had, they had like, okay, this is how he gets all over town so fast. Got a little <laughs> oh, that's true. They showed the Pacino yeah. mobile. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just where, whatever building, just, yeah. just climbing to the, to the roof of the building and getting yeah. in a waiting helicopter is 10 minutes. Come on. Yeah. 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 Uh, this part made me think of the dentist. 
Of what dentist? Well, anyway, here. Oh, that sound. The oh, sound yeah, of yeah. that. Park garage. Ooh, I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it. Uh, we heard our <laughs> gun sounds. To play that again. Here's an understatement. Tragedy in a Southland neighborhood today. A bank robbery spilled out into the street. I just get the, the that news guy gets on the TV after that incredible scene is like, I don't know, right. a crazy thing happened to the bank today. As 45 minutes of shooting, <laughs> <laughs> shutting down the entire state. The way he said it too is like neighborhood. I'm like, no, that was like central part of some city. Like that yeah. wasn't just some neighborhood. Like I guess everything's so, a neighborhood, but so uh, neighborhood. another question for Brian Dunaway: When the North Hollywood shootout happened three years later, uh, and the movie Heat was referenced over and over, didn't right. didn't get didn't get through to you? Not a bit. I was like, that's nice. Yeah, what else is on? I don't remember that. I have no, <laughs> I have no memory of that being referenced a bunch with that shooting. Oh really? Yeah, oh, must happen gosh. more locally yeah. than here because we didn't hear about that a- angle, or at least I didn't. I don't know. It was. It was the. I. I also at the time I was watching the world news every afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like I loved watching the world news mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I remember. I remember uh, Tom Brokaw uh, talking about the North Hollywood shootout like minutes after it had happened. The world news. What the hell is that? Is that an NBC thing at the time? Because he was NBC <laughs> at the time. What is the world news? Is that a new show? You know. You know. Uh, every afternoon on weekdays. Yeah. Yeah. There was a 30-minute world news yeah. that preceded your local news, which yep. the world news came on at 5:30. No, no, no. I get that, but it was called. It was called. It wasn't called world news. Wasn't it called world news? No, it was called NBC Nightly News. NBC Nightly News. Great. They all had slightly different names. Who cares? <laughs> Why are you asking? What, what's this about? Well, no, I'm not. It's not that. I just was trying to think. Is there? I don't remember this thing called world news. And if I'd have been more informed, maybe I would have heard about the heat reference, but. I was just curious. And then you said Tom Broke. I'm like, world news. Wait a minute. It just was all discordant in my head. World news. To, there's ABC's World News Tonight. Yeah. Uh, so I think that may be somewhere in that yeah. realm. I'm not saying that's exactly what you remember. But I, I remember it being the same way. I, I remember thinking world news or national news, that kind of Versus stuff. Versus local news. Yeah. Do and they that. still all, they all do that still? Is that still a thing the major networks do? I guess they do, right? I don't watch TV true. anymore. I don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, North Hollywood shootout, uh, a real thing that you have to discuss when you're discussing heat because it was so weirdly similar mm. to the, the bank robbery and the climax of this film. The like, thing that's all over the trivia is lots of comments and, t- and conversation about how the escape was uh, highly accurate and based on um, right. expert test or not testimony, but expert help on how this would go and where they would move and how you'd have to cordon off streets and like all that stuff was uh, supposed to be pretty authentic. Hmm. Um, here's a funny sound from Kilmer. Okay. So he's getting operated on by Dr. Piven there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he, uh, he makes this sound. There you go. I like that. <laughs> listen, listen, wait, wait, listen. He says, I'm Batman. Okay. Hold on. Listen very carefully. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what it is. Yeah. Nicely spotted. Yeah. Get me out of my Batman contract. Here's a pivot again. <laughs> He's got blood loss and shock. I'm going to give you quarter grain vials of morphine for the pain, okay? All right. Sounds good there, buddy. Hey, uh, let's, uh, this sounds like a fart at the end of this conversation. It's not. It's it's Kilmer saying, hmm, or something. He's saying something, but it sounds like a fart, <laughs> so I thought it was funny. So here you go. Listen to me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He says, hmm, he like hums or something. Listen to me. 
<laughs> sounds like it. You're right. Only you, only Scott Johnson can pick that <laughs> out. But it's, but when you hear it, it's like I can totally hear yeah. that now. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like De Niro farts while he's trying to talk. I don't know. It's so funny. All right, and then another thing nobody says anymore. I don't think, but this is Trejo. It was our final clip because the rest of the movie is pretty much just chasing everybody around, and there's not a lot of clips. But here's the scene where he is he is dying, and he whispers this to Robert De Niro. Please, Holmes, don't leave me like this. Please, Holmes, don't leave me like this. Why would you All say right. that? You that's what you say when you go, Yo, Holmes, check it out. You wouldn't go. Please, Holmes, don't leave me like uh, you're in your death throes. Let me get the term of endearment in gang circles. Yeah, yeah. Is it though? Right. Just like, just like you so fly, you so hot is yeah, a term it, of endearment. You so fly, you so circles. hot. Kill me now. It definitely felt authentic at the time. It's probably the example of what's not aging well in this movie. You know, the cars yeah. and the language and the, the things that keep it locked in the '90s. Yeah, that's a fair point. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> it's time for uh, this. It's the film sack checklist with its own fart. Uh, you should change that to the... <laughs> I know, I might do it. Everyone ever is in this? Check. Worst John Voight haircut of all time? Check. Treo is called Treo in this movie? Check. <laughs> Uh, Star Trek stuff, <clears throat> we have some connections, and actually it's a good thing Daryl sent these in because uh, the SAC stat sites uh, is not updated because they still have Brothers Grimm in there. Grimm, what, what is it? Right. Grimm, Brother. Yeah, Brothers Grimm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's still in there. See, uh, I told you we still needed you, Daryl. He sent me a message. Do you even still need me? I know. He likes to, be, likes to be freaking Eeyore. Oh, shut up. Oh, you right. guys, you need me. Of course we do. You're a fine backup or even the most the, the trusted source. Anyway, right. Vince Dedrick the Jr. was the, the uh, driver at the drive-in. He's a stunt coordinator for all seasons of Star Trek Enterprise, even yeah. a stunt double for Scott Bakula. So there's that. Um, he so was, he's, he's Bakula-esque. Yes. Vanessa Grayson. Backup back Bakula. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Vanessa Grayson was a stand-in for Amy Brenneman and Diane Venora. Uh, she was a stand-in for Marina Sirtis on Star Trek Insurrection, and Nemesis previously appeared as a beauty attendant in Star Trek The Next Generation fourth season, the host. Ray Bucatina Tatena played Timmons. Whoa, that just, my screen went weird. Uh, in uh, Star Trek, he played Deos, a Vorta commander of the internment camp 371 in the Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode by Inferno's Light. And then we got Manny Perry. <laughs> Uh, grocery that, store that reminds me. I need to go to the spa and get a man. <laughs> get a Manny yes, Perry. <laughs> what looks like a, a left shark when you're done. Your finger. Left shark. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Performed stunts as a townsperson in a settlement near Bozeman, Montana, in Star Trek: First Contact. And this is a cop. And then Kenny Endorso, a bartender, performed stunts in Star Trek Three. Oh, there's more. Cindy Katz played somebody named Rachel in uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Played a character named Yatepa in Second Skin. Jeez. There's a lot of Star Trek connections in this the, thing. Get to the good I, one. We got yeah. one good one that's at the very end of the list. Well, uh, how come I don't see it? I think my browser's being weird. Hold on. Let me pull this up. Oh, Ashley Judd. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> she was in the one with the game with the with the Will yep. Wheaton thing. Cones yeah. and rods. Yeah, yeah cones I, and rods. I just want to point out, of course, a movie like this with so many stunts is going to have a lot of stunt people. This movie never, ever gave you that sense that the stunt people were doing all the work. Mm. Like, in fact, I had a hard time recognizing when I was looking at the back of a stunt person and their wig and so on. Like, there were so many stunts where 
they didn't necessarily ask the actor to jump over a car, but they they came away with a shot that gave you the sense that you're looking at the face of an actor who just jumped over a car. Mm-hmm. And it was just like one, one of those little things that, man, I, I wish every movie was like that. I wish I didn't notice stunt actors so often. Right, right. Mm-hmm. True story. She, uh, by the way, was in, the episode was called The Game, and it was in 1990, hold on, this would have been like 91 or two, oh, 91. It was, it's, it's only three years later she's in this. Right, right. That's crazy. And maybe that's the reason why wow. I've seen better performances since then. Maybe that was maybe she was just getting getting there. Getting you know there. what I mean? She may have been just getting, getting there. there. Just kind of getting there. Yeah, I get what By the saying. way, you know we need to make sure that we watch because we've talked about all of these actors before or on this on today's show. We uh, as soon as Devil's Advocate is available on streaming, because you've got your Al Pacino. As the mm-hmm. devil, yeah. you got believe Keanu. Me, yeah. Believe me, it's in my list of searches. Is it? I and then we got Charlize the Theron. Oh, yep. I've never seen it. I'd like to see that. It's a, it's a, it's intense. Okay, it's good. I'd be into it. Another uh, similar film I search for all the time is Bedazzled. I'm going to make you guys uh, watch it. Did, did we, we watch we, the original? We watched we? the original, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Or we were going to and decided it wasn't going to work for Film Sack. Something. I mean, I've watched yeah. the original and the reboot we're, we're at remake. that point guys where we will now forget things we've seen for sure like there's it's no oh, way around i've it. been at that point for years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's no turning I don't know back if you've now noticed, but every episode is like right. didn't we watch that no we totally Wait watched that yeah uh by the way it's soundtrack grade time i'm giving it near perfection i love it that's one yeah, of my favorites I loved it. it was good hey, so good. so i started this point at the beginning i want to make it here now the movie ends with uh, our leads uh, holding hands as the bad guy dies, and there's a there's a fade and there's a uh, directed by Michael Mann comes on the screen and you start hearing uh, music that isn't quite right. It's this celebratory track by Moby that kind of doesn't fit the mood of the film, and I actually think it works. But it only works for me because I feel like it's a celebration of the film itself mm-hmm. and not the content of the film. Like it, like the the song is like to let you get out and go, wow, I have I have just experienced a great work of art. This is the celebratory feeling for that. Mm-hmm. Not that like there's a Hollywood ending because this is not a movie with a Hollywood ending. No, I, I agree. It's called the movie's called God Moving or sorry, the song God Moving Over the Face of the Waters by Moby. It, I'll play a little bit of it. Skip ahead some. Anyway, there's a lot of that. It's very artistic, very trippy and weird. And it, it feels a lot more like a reflection of art yeah. than a reflection of the story that you just saw. Yeah, which I'm totally fine with. I like Moby too, although... Yeah. How's he doing today? Anyone check on Moby lately? <laughs> All right. Yes. Is he still breathing? Anybody <laughs> checked on Moby? He's a fourth uh, vegan restaurant in LA. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's with Richard Simmons. They're fine. He needs a sandwich is what I'm saying. <laughs> I worry about him. Um, all right, there's your uh, deal there. Let's get to the Twitter post. This is where in hundred, sorry, 280 characters or less, you guys get to sum this film up. Let's start with Randy. Eat. Michael Mann's meritorious magnum opus makes movie magic mostly with mood, music, and masculine moves that mainly mean it's magnificent. Yes. Man. I agree. That's a lot of M's. You're like, uh, you're like V for Vendetta all over again. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well done. M for Mendetta. Uh, uh, who's next here? Brian Dunaway. Oh, sure. Why not? Heat. 
I am alone, but I'm not lonely. Okay, I'm a little lonely. Hold my hand, you teeny Italian American firecracker. Give me all you got. <laughs> That's a take I didn't expect. And finally, Brian Ibbett. Heat, two hours and 45 minutes of setup just to get De Niro and Pacino to sit down together and have a cup of coffee for five minutes. Worth it. Worth it. Worth it. Worth it. They should do movies now where they're retired old mobsters or something. They should do something. Maybe they have, and I don't know. No, that was with Christopher Walken. and Was De Niro in that, though? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. It seems like like De Niro would be up for it. Look, if De Niro's going to do Dirty Grandpa... Which mm-hmm. oh, it sucked, you guys. That movie yeah. sucked. Uh, then why not? Why not get you guys back? Let's get the band back together. Let's do something cool. Oh, actually, they are working on something. That new Scorsese movie, they're all in it. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right. what it was. Oh, I'm so excited. God, that thing has been four years or something in limbo, hasn't it? Uh, I don't know if it was like on and off or what the deal is, but I think it's in full production now or like done even or something. Something's going okay. on there. I'm very excited about that. Uh, well, that leaves us to this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this movie was uh, alternate titled, almost called Oscar Winner's Parade, or Heat Your Meat! Yeah. <laughs> Meet your heat. This just rhymes. It's the only reason. Yeah, it's a hard one to <laughs> walk away from. Hey, uh, Ian Clark sent an email in to filmsack at gmail.com, which is where you can send your own emails in. He says this, hey guys, you referenced uh, sacking, or sorry, you referenced sacking the 1982 version of Conan the Barbarian on the most recent episode, and I checked film sack stats, and it only lists the 1982 version as the one that you have sacked. But I went back and found episode 187 from December of 2013, and the version you guys cover was more the more recent remake with Jason Momoa. Uh, this is not the first time you guys have referenced, referenced sacking the original Conan, with, and with film sack stats, also listing the 1982 version and not the Momoa one. I'm wondering if you're in some Bernstein, Berns, Berenstein business right there. I love the original Conan movie. I'd love to hear you guys sack it. But if you think you've already done it, well, whatever. Thanks I, for all the hours I think it's because we did Red Sonja. I think that's where we're mm-hmm. confusing ourselves, yeah. too, because we did do that. And we never did the Destroyer, right? Right. Which is the, the Destroyer? Second, which is the second one. First no, one? Will, second one? Will Chamberlain, uh, Grace Jones... Oh, yeah, I never Olivia saw Diabo. Yeah, I never saw that. Uh, we should see Conan, both Wait, of those. it says film stack stats says... Yeah, it's wrong. The Barbary oh, yeah, that's really? the point, is that's wrong. We got and, we'll, and stats guy, hey, that one's wrong. Go fix that. We did the Momoa terrible thing, which was so bad I forgot oh. we did it. Uh, but hold on a second. I'm going to tell you real quick. Uh, let's see, Conan... Yeah, all we have is Conan the Barbarian, episode 187. That was the Momoa one, and we did it in 2013. Okay. So there you go. I, You know what? The Mandela effect is going to haunt us uh, on FilmSack because so many movies are remade and so many different movies have the same title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just, we're stuck. Yeah, we're... when I went looking for Heat just to find the soundtrack, guess what it gave me? <laughs> oh, yeah. It gave me The Heat with uh, Sandra Bullock and, and uh, Melissa McCarthy, which is a fine oh, film, yeah. but... Well, and don't forget, there is a heat with uh, um, uh, Burt uh, Reynolds, too. Right. No. I don't like that, but I also don't want it like the other way. It seems like we would see that, too. <laughs> I, I, one time I did a deep dive on why that is. There, You can't copyright uh, or trademark a movie title that's just common wording. So you mm. can do Star Wars and and trademark that, but you can't trademark the word heat. Um. 
I don't know why though. Like what if Heat was so what if Heat was Star Wars level popular? Then could you trademark it? Like I don't know. It's con- it seems weird and complicated, but I'm also glad that you can't copyright outward names because then we'd be out of names by now. Right. So by the way, if you want to see something funny, I'm going to put this in a, in our Skype and people listening need to go and check it out too. The movie poster for Heat, the the Burt Reynolds Heat is horrendous. First of all, first of all it's got the worst airbrushed yeah. Burt Reynolds face. Yeah. And second of all, it's like he's looking in a window to see, hey, is anybody in there? And there's a guy laying down who could be dead or just could be hiding from Burt Reynolds. Just, just sleeping. <laughs> he's just sleeping. Just oh, yeah. Sleeping. What is that about? What is going on there? You can't see me because <laughs> I'm dead. The tagline, listen to the tagline. Nick, Nick Escalante is, uh, isn't a violent man by nature, but uh, he's just good at it. Protection is his business, especially when it comes to his friends. Burt Reynolds in heat. It doesn't get Burt any hotter. In heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to hear that. It says it doesn't get any hotter. I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. For some reason, that doesn't seem right to me. Anyway, uh, uh, where were we there? Oh, the email. Thank you, Ian Clark, for your email. And you can always send us emails at filmsack.gmail.com or if you go to filmsack.com, there's a link right there to send a comment. You can do that there. You can also leave comments way. on our episodes. Yes. I just want to say, if you've never heard of the Mandela Effect, if this is coming to you for the first time, boy, are you in for a lot of fun things that you might know not know that are facts. There was never something called Jiffy Peanut Butter. Uh, the, the Lindbergh baby was found and was actually found pretty soon after being lost. Mm. The, like uh, Nelson Mandela escaped prison, uh, did not die in jail, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's a fascinating little thing about about group. You know what's uh, funny? Numbers. It's named after the Mandela effect, that actual Mandela yeah. thing. But I've never understood that one because that one's the most obviously. I knew because of course he got out. It was huge news that he got out, and he went on to be president of South Africa for a long time. Like how people have that one confused? The one it's named after? I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Right. I don't get right. that. But you need to talk to somebody who who remembers his funeral uh from from his death in prison they should call uh, it like, the berenstein effect because the, they the should bears call it, yeah yeah for me it was bernstein i lived in the universe where it was bernstein and to, when i found out that it was in this new universe it's actually berenstein i still don't and by the way again if you're hearing this for the first time folks look it's it up actually berenstein i'm not kidding yeah there's lots of <laughs> there's a whole list of these things there's a whole website dedicated oh, yeah. there's tons of them but the point is like to name it after the one that is so, uh, yeah. for me anyway, the least, the most obviously not confusing. I, I one. think it should be called the Lindbergh baby effect because everyone thinks the Lindbergh baby was never found. Everyone, I do too. Yeah, like, yeah. like, it, yeah. like I, I heard it. I heard it a, there's like references in media that the baby was never found. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, and it's weird. All that stuff's weird. <laughs> Ours just happens to be, you know, did we see Armageddon yet? And and the truth is, we have now. <laughs> <laughs> but for a long time we hadn't and yet we thought we had conan welcome to the crowd uh the party hey that's it for the show everybody filmsack.com like i mentioned is the place to go to get the show and find out where to get it all leave your comments all that stuff uh links are there for other things like our discord community and our other stuff so go check that out uh you can uh, find us on uh, the internet at uh where oh uh, on twitter filmsack on twitter you can uh find all of us on twitter i don't do this very often but i'm gonna do it today i'm at scott johnson randy deluxe for randy uh coverville for brian ebbett and of course the brian dunaway for brian dunaway and you can leave us a review wherever you get your podcast that'd be fantastic it's gonna do it for us for me for brian for brian and for randy 
We'll see you next time. <laughs> well, no, no noise from Randy? No, none. What happened? No noise? Give us a noise. Great This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Listen to me. Mm. Yep. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>